Hello and welcome to the Salcast on Saturday, the twenty fourth of September, twenty sixteen. I'm your host Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. Thankfully, it's not very warm today. <laughs> yeah, I'm Robert. <laughs> Normal broadcasting has resumed since <laughs> September, and we got past the mysterious, like, middle of September extreme heatwave. Yeah, what the bloody hell was that about? <laughs> I don't know. It's been like twenty two, twenty three today for me in London. Oh well, it was it was perfectly manageable here today. Yeah, it was normal temperature. One of my windows is now closed. Only one remains Only open. Only one of them. <laughs> well, most of the exactly windows. Cold, no, but most of the windows here are still like like just cracked rather than open. Maybe we had a couple open windows. Stuffy, not cold, just stuffy. Well, I do have tea, which feels appropriate. Moisture, presumably. You reckon? <laughs> just just damp air. So it makes it stuffy, or is it just high dust? Yeah, that doesn't help, does it? Circulating air is definitely good. I think things can get stuffy without without it being a moisture thing. Is it just the smell of dust? I don't know. I mean, what is dust? It's mostly like old dead skin and shit, isn't it? Supposedly, but like when you, I don't know, when you sort of look at it, it generally tends to look like tiny little fragments of hair. Mm. Hair based. Basically, tiny little build off mudgeons of everything. Mudgeons? <laughs> what is that word? Just come up with a completely new word for something. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> build off mudgeons. Build off mudgeons. From Robco. <laughs> it's the new candy for kids. Mudgeon. Malfuckery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. New digestion. Yeah, I, I probably shouldn't speak so much. Well, that's going to be a problem. Because yeah. you know, this is a hours, podcast. Stuff's going to happen. A lot of it is going to be you talking. I'm knackered. Yeah. This is a problem. What's been going on? I did an awful lot of driving the last three days. He's... Uh, I, went up, I went up north again. Yeah. And then went back south. And then went most of the way up north again. <laughs> you left the north. You travelled south. In three days. That's a lot of hours in a car. Why do you have to go twice? Well, because I have to go up north for work and then come back in order to pick up Kippers and Jamie to head back up north to go to EGX. Can they not drive themselves? <laughs> they can, um, but Rob gets sucked into doing it. Well... Kipper, Kippers has a, basically a fear of long driving. Kippers is oh, a whiner. <laughs> it's basically what we're saying. Yeah, that's he's bullshit. Not, he's not a confident driver. Generally, no. not much shit to be confident about when you're on a like a, a road the entire time. It's like well, there's nothing, nothing to worry about. Just right. go in a straight line. <laughs> I guess it is a fourteen most of the way, and then a bit of M six, but. I mean, I don't if know, I was going to three drive... lanes, can get hairy. I'm not sure he's ever driven on a three lane bit of road. Sure. You very rarely have to go into the right lane unless you, unless it's a specific turn. Yeah. You don't have to go over there to overtake or anything if you don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I guess what I should have done is just go, come back down from from Warrington down to Birmingham and just sort of stay there. Yeah. 
Just be like, well, I'm already yeah. here from work, so I can't come and get you. <laughs> Birmingham. Is Birmingham a place? No. That's actually a Radio it 1 worked. thing. It was um, Charlie Sloth, like, for some reason, thought he was saying Birmingham properly for ages. And they got clipped up. As, every time he said it, he said Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's sort of become a thing. Like, it's Birmingham. a stupid name. <laughs> I don't know why that could be real. You know, it could be. There could have been a town called Birmingham. <laughs> like, <laughs> Maybe something yeah. sounds off about Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's kind of fun to sort of. You don't say it normally. You like. It's kind of fun to say in that sort of elevated tone. Birmingham. Hmm. So, EGX was at Birmingham this time because I mean, last yeah, time we a, went, it was a, in um, London in the. Uh, yeah, it's been but a, they've but, shut that down. It's been at Birmingham the last two years. At the uh, NEC? As a, as a result. Yeah, well, it's not called... I'm not sure it's called the NEC. And it, well, it sort of really? is the NEC, but it's also, like, where they... The bit where they do, like, comedy performances or something is no longer called the NEC. It's like the LG Arena. Right. Because of sponsorship. It has to be <laughs> You just slap your company on the yeah. part of Arena. And... Well, it's like there's so many O2s now. Like... <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so it's, so it's, so it's there. Uh, which I don't think is as, I mean, it's b- bigger for sure. And I've been there for a few mm. shows, uh, other than the EGX in the past. It's pretty much in the same place, but just, yeah, I'm not sure it's as nice as doing it at Earl's Court. Like, not just from a travel perspective, but Earl's Court was kind of fun with its like multiple levels. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Whereas it was a nice arrangement when it was there. Like, like here, it's just, you know, it's just big flat sprawling. Space. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's it? The huge one in London is XL. That's not bad. Yeah. Um, oh, but... yeah, I've been to XL. Ed, XL, that's quite nice. Yeah. Mm. But the NEC, it's like, why go if it's not the 1997 Tomorrow's World exhibition with with, <laughs> with a truck full of N64s with Wave Race or whatever it was? Yeah, was it Wave Race? Yeah, probably I was. I think it was. Yeah. And you, what, you read too much Kevin and Hobbs in the car and threw up. <laughs> yep, that happened. Because... I guess I'd never proved that I was that kind of car sick before. Yeah. What better time than in someone else's car? <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> the classic Germany to <laughs> Birmingham. Birmingham. Yeah, so uh, are we jumping straight into EGX then? It's like a little out of sequence in terms of our canonical news, but okay, I don't know. Good. I think it's not have... really, there isn't really news there. It's just a sort of experiences. Well, what's been going on with you, Zeg? I, I, you didn't go, did you? No, nothing's been going on. That's what's been going on. Yeah, we had a we had a brief discussion before the podcast, like to prep, like structure or whatever, you know, in the vague way that I do. He's got no kitchen bitching. You've got no house grouse. Oh, dare he be? Well, I did well, see I, the only ha- the only like kitchen bitching or house grouse there is is the fact that everything that I complained about before is still continuing. I see. <laughs> it's yeah. Like nothing has changed. I guess, I guess it right. doesn't end, but it's not exactly. Uh, do you continue to complain weird. and then? And then occasionally well, things happen. Well, it's like, you know, things are meant to be happening at some point in the future. And it's just like, why can the future not be now? <laughs> and you still haven't that's, got in that's, the that's deep. hot tub? No. What do we call I that? To, I had like, to maintain the hot tub for, the hot tub for a while. 
Because that's not even. Did that every day every for day. obvious reasons. Because do you, you know, chlorine right. is volatile. Can you, can you not just, just get evaporates. Can you not just get something that like you fill up with a massive fat and it sort of just that's drip, probably drips not a in. good idea. Like if that went wrong and the entire like huge tub of chlorine granules fell in at once, that would probably be real bad. <laughs> it's granules. Oh, okay. That's for some reason I assumed it would be like a liquid or <laughs> you pour in a bit like bleach. It probably depends. So this is an additional uh, chore whenever any, everyone's away. Yes, not that often, but that you have I to, to feed two different kinds of fish because we've still got my sister's fish as well as the outside fish. Okay, so yeah. it's like two different fish feeding protocols and hot dog maintenance. <laughs> so, but on the plus side, no more keeping the fire going. <laughs> now that we got rid of that. So how long are they uh, sort of managing the, the? Are they planning to keep the hot tub alive until they deem it? It's like it's no longer viable. Sometime in mid-November because it's marked on the calendar apparently. Oh well, they have like a a tub schedule. <laughs> yep. Well, there's also a reminder on there to like check the pH every two weeks or whatever. Hmm. <laughs> what in case it turns green, so you can't dive in it. Yeah, you're putting chlorine in it every day, so presumably at some point you have to worry about getting too much acid going in there. Yeah. Over Sorry, time. what happens in mid-November? They shut it down for the winter, oh. presumably. Shut it down. Why do you have I to mean, shut I, it down? Surely the colder it gets, you the have more to. great it is. I don't think you necessarily have to, but I imagine like if it if it's not on, it can freeze. Right. Yeah. So you'd probably have to like I don't know turn it on for some period every day to keep a minimum level of warmth or something. So do you, hot when tubs you... in January are pretty awesome, but like yeah. the one I've, the only one I've been to is permanently on. Yeah. Yeah. Which would be extremely energy intensive, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Right. So, do you drain it then? Presumably. <laughs> okay. Don't want any freezing in the pipes. Yeah. We need a new name for this because this is outside the house. It's still related to the house, right? Have we not got any kind of illustrative thing based on? Because it's not like it's gardening. Then you know that would be a different no. hot tub hubbub. <laughs> <laughs> there's not going to be any go. related to the hot tub it's not like there's anything more to it than that it's like that's as much garden pardons hot tub hoo-ha <laughs> <laughs> that's like it sounds like it should be a game doesn't it like hot tub hoo-ha <laughs> come on let's play hot tub or, hoo-ha <laughs> actually it's probably just a mini game in Mario Party right mm. hot tub hoo-ha right well, well that's or do you reckon Nintendo will go nowhere near hot tubs? I bet they already have at some point. <laughs> well, they've probably done like a hot, like public bath uh, with like shy guys in it. I bet that's happened. Dem shy guys. Dem shy sort guys. Sort of a hot tub thing in Animal Crossing, I guess. Sort of. Oh, uh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I bet the shy guys aren't forced to take off their mask to go in the uh, sauna. Well, less about the last, what about their actual clothes? Because those are definitely cloth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fit, pretty sure. They're shy guys. really they're... like super saggy skin. Okay, I guess, yeah, well, yeah, you reckon that that is just <laughs> what they are. No, but they're shy. They're not going to take their clothes off, are they? Well, yeah, exactly. No, but then why get the sauna? Well, they wouldn't. You made up a situation which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just what I imagined. Like, oh, maybe it's the toads then. Maybe toads are sauna. Yeah, people. that makes more sense. <laughs> So they have to take off their mushrooms. They're going to cook, though, no, aren't they? They have to take off their brains. Yeah, they're going to be steamed mushrooms if they go to the sauna, aren't they? Mm, that must smell good. delicious. 
I did see Need a Market on the front page of BBC News the other day. What? Uh, purely what, what because did, of... What did they do? So, um, we already know this, but this might be an update from Zeg. So, the level crossing Hot situation... Tub explodes. At Gypsy Lane, where the, no. the, the, the actress died, they've been fined, like, four million pounds. Wait, where the actress died? What? Yeah, what? an actress... Um, old, who was old, retired, or whatever, uh-huh. got run over and killed on Gypsy Lane Crossing. Wait, did she like? She uh, wasn't moving very fast because she was old, and she saw, yeah. she heard the train coming, and she decided because you only have like five seconds visual warning. Basically, I don't think she could hear it because she was like half deaf or whatever. Mm. But you can't really see it because it's on a bend. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so she was like, "Oh, I'll carry on. Like, I, I'm gonna, I'll." You know, rather than turn back, I'll keep going and hopefully. Well, you have like a fifty percent chance of well, if you can't yeah. hear it. Yeah, turning it, is probably also it, risky, right? Because yeah, that, especially when you're old, that takes longer. It takes longer, and that she might not have known which track she was on relative to the train coming. Right. Yeah. Anyway, she got splattered basically, and that was and so um, uh, yeah. So Holy that's crap. how much they yeah. find them. Um, so uh, so well, the whole like, deal about building does... a bridge over it, etc., or tunnel or whatever. Yeah. Well, it's like who got who got fined though? Like, like the Suffolk, network Suffolk rail, so the, oh, no network, network rail, rail. who owned the track and yeah. the, the the crossing. Fined like, by who as well? Was it like from the uh, the actresses? The watchdog, it... the government. I don't think it was a yeah. no. It wasn't a, a legal. Uh, it wasn't a lawsuit from them. It was from the safety investigation. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they hadn't already had all these plans happening and like for everywhere else in the country that there's no yeah. they just couldn't be bothered <laughs> to like, need a market well it's not that they couldn't be bothered it's because they, they're taking a really long time to do it because yeah. of all the wrangling about whether it's a bridge or a tunnel and it's just like if you yeah. fucking made decisions at a more sane rate then maybe, maybe people would get killed like yeah. except not really because you know this is just one level crossing in the entire country that still isn't done and there's tons of them so it's not like this is an unusual case or anything I'm just going to this may be a bit mean, and I really don't mean it to be, but and with no offence intended, because it is awful, but if you know you're g- going to have difficulty hearing and seeing a train coming at top speed, as they can be at yeah. that point on the thing, you just kind of not cross... Yeah, but, like, I, she lived... Apparently she did it, like, every day or whatever. She lived in... Needham, not, and I, she I, had, like, <laughs> ducks or something in Creeting St... Mary or wherever the fuck it is, and uh, yeah, and it's for public use. <laughs> well, if you're going to find Queen's Mary, you should go down yeah, to like Ports Mill or something. I mean, go on. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, never mm. mind. I don't know where. She... I don't know. There's an element of probably could have known that <laughs> that was a risk. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I anyway. guess it's always a risk, but you know, like yeah. the, the bit that always runs through my mind of those sort of crossings is what if you just accidentally trip up on the track right it's just <laughs> well then you yeah, don't man. have to have a really bad trip to stay there for long enough if, you, if you're a normal person well, yeah, if you're a train coming yeah, way if, in advance if you're you know <laughs> like, you know relatively able-bodied normal like normal there's been some much, ridiculous yeah. trains going past recently where like because they they have to do they have to sound the horn when they go there just because it's a yeah. corner onto a level crossing so yeah. they always do it but some of them I've had said recently where it's like, I'll start hearing a horn like way down the other end of the town because you can hear it from that far away. Yeah. And uh, there was one that went past recently where he just horned all the way through Needham <laughs> continuously. Oh, no. And it was like, okay, that's maybe a bit excessive. <laughs> I quite like it. And you get like 
I don't know how exactly trade horns work, where they have that weird like two tone yeah. thing, but it's not it's not like standardized or something. Like you can trigger them two different tones for different lengths and like alternate them. <laughs> yeah, it's normally low, high, low, though, isn't it? Right? Is the is the is the traditional? Yeah. One. But I, I have heard it where like the timing of that is like can be like completely or, off, or, 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 they'll, or they'll, they'll skip the last bit, so they'll just go. Bop. Yeah, they'll just do random extra ones. It's yeah. just like, how but, do those horns even work? Uh, I, <laughs> and why are they not standardized? Maybe there's like, yeah, there's like two but two buttons. We press one, and then you can only press the other one. With the other one held down. <laughs> that would or... be stupid. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it could, got, it could be to... like an on-off, like low-high, but then that would make sense to be able to have the on-off on. It's got to be two buttons or two two chains or something. Hmm. Seems two chains is on the train. <laughs> Unrelated, really, but I always enjoyed playing with the stupid um, emergency sirens in Grand Theft Auto. You know, you, you hit it to toggle it on, mm. I guess, and then you hold it down to do the like alternate tone, the like fast one, or whatever, the, the get oh, the fuck out of the way I, tone. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. I think, well, I don't know about the latest one, but you could definitely do that in one of them at least. I don't see why they wouldn't have kept it, but it's quite fun to be like muck about with the and what's that weird whoop. thing they do in america where they yeah they do a little go, like burst of of it whoop, 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 whatever it's really weird they don't do that in britain do they well they sort of do they can do yeah i think there, there are ways of making it sound a bit mental but it's not quite the same sort of whoop, 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 yeah sounds it's, it's not quite dub, the dubstep cops yeah the dubstep it's pretty much what they have they have dubstep cops like the best one were those ones that were basically like air horns, right? So they spun up and they'd be like, right, yeah, the classic fifties <laughs> ones, yeah, yeah, the yeah. best. Uh, oh no, wait, that's fire engines that do that, don't they? Yeah, like, it's fire engines. <laughs> <laughs> classic. Well, that's the needle. Okay, okay. Yeah, the need a minute. The need a minute. Hot, hot. I need a minute. Said, yeah, you're, I want your because your house like backs onto the railway line. I wonder if you had a hot tub style explosion, we could have had a similar story. <laughs> I don't think the hot tub would explode sufficiently to hit the railway. <laughs> blow, blow a train. It's up still on like one back garden further over. <laughs> There's a building there. A real, a real, it's got a really bad. Like super leaky oil-based heating mechanism that just goes up, Woof. takes a train out as it was passing. That's what you're secretly planning. It's been a a terrorist act. Twenty years in the making. Or however long you've lived there. I've totally just got you. Okay. Started, by the way, there you go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I haven't really got much story-wise to say other than driving and things. And it's been normal, normal for me. It's been normal. It's been normal. Apart been from your though. visit to EGX. Woo! So I think we should get into news based mainly on this show that you've attended. Yeah. So you know, I guess we're doing it in the wrong order chronologically, <laughs> but yeah, we can we can do. It. It's not really news, so we can, we can do that. Yeah. Uh, I saw some stuff. Um, a lot of stuff, because I'll be honest with you, like, it, we had a bit of a 
It was a bit of a more of a battle with queuing this year than it ever has been before. Queues, queues. <laughs> yeah, sorry. We just we just spent a long time not doing a lot. Uh, so I haven't got a great deal to to talk about, unfortunately. But I did try a couple of couple of I did get a couple of things off my hit list. One of which being I have played Sonic Mania. <laughs> And that is a Sonic, a Sonic game. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you really Good. needed to see that very much to know what was going on there. I wanted to, well, it felt, it feels, that, so the key here is it feels right. <laughs> and boy, does it look like Sonic CD. Like, just when you're sat in front of it, just, I mean, which makes sense. Because it is Sonic CD, right? It, so. is, it is Sonic CD, pretty much. Yeah. You know, it's that, it's that engine and blah, 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 blah. But yeah, that seems solid. Um, I don't know, the Casinopolis... Studiopolis level, which is the the only other one they've shown other than that remixed Green Hill Zone, is a bit of a uh, I guess you'd call it a Sonic CD layout nightmare, and that there are sections that force you to do like vertical platforming and if you screw it up, you fall to the bottom and have to start again, mm. kind of thing so it suffers a little bit from that in terms of like old Sonic level design but I'm not sure I mind because that's exactly what they're going for, right? It's they're, they're, they're trying to evoke that old school level feel, and that's exactly what they've done. So, fine, I'm on board. It looks and plays good. And the music was nice too, like hearing it properly, like cleanly through a set of headphones and stuff like that. It was... Yeah, I find that part quite interesting, yeah. Uh, what's going on with the composition of the music? Because, I mean, a lot of the old music was pretty inspirational for for your stuff. Yeah, it it, well, it it definitely takes a lot of notes from uh, notes. Uh, it definitely takes a uh, a lot of cues from the Sonic CD style soundtrack and mm. things like that. So you know, I think more the Japanese mix than the American mix. Um, but it's got a, yeah, it's it's definitely got a hint of that. There's there's but uh, and and I think they're trying to mix it in a sort of like you know limited instrument set, so it sounds a little bit retro, but clearly it's like it's way better than what they could have done on a. Mega Drive at the time and things like that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Cool. It comes, it comes together real well. It's a nice sound. It's a nice sound. That sort of, um, I guess you'd call it that trip hoppy feel that Sonic used to have back in the day. That's 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 up front. Well, so, yeah. that sounds encouraging. It, it sounds good. It, look, it played good. Looks good. I'm hype. Get hype. Of course, the key will be how big is this thing? Yeah. Is it like six zones? Yep. Well, they did clearly say that. that so here's the thing that that Green Hill Zone, they definitely described it as Green Hill Act One, even though weirdly it's a remix of all of the Green Hill style tropes from the, you know Green Hill One on the me- on Sonic One. Hmm. Yeah, but then um, they could just do the remix of like Act Two, all of the Act Twos. <laughs> no, but it's like what I mean is it's like it's not it's not like it's got well it has got some elements of Emerald Hill in in there as well I suppose, but uh, like it's basically it, 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 yeah Act Act One basically has all of well, I would say elements of Act One, Two, and Three from the original Sonic the Hedgehog. Well, they've like got plenty of other green hills that they can just. Well, green, yeah, greenish style hills, I suppose. Like, a lot yeah. of them. Greenish hill. Greenish hills, yeah. <laughs> what was the one in Sonic Chaos? Was it that was like a green hill zone, but had a funny name like Amber Hill or something? It was because it was like autumn or something themed or something. Mm. And I'm not getting confused with Mushroom Hill, obviously. Oh, they'll probably like wade that in, maybe. Well, maybe, unless they want to make some other kind of foresty level at some point. Mm. But you can't do two green levels. That'd be dumb. I like Mushroom yeah, Hill. Like, well, there's quite a few green levels in, in terms well, of. Well, it was like two and like two, I suppose, if you include the uh, sort of aqua 
not yeah, but that's the water level that's not the... <laughs> but it wasn't that underwater and like and if you're but you could do most of those levels just totally above ground above water sorry and uh yeah they're a bit foresty a bit bushy I mean, anyway I liked it it was good uh I've also the other major bullet point is I've 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 experienced PSVR Oh, okay. Uh, on a PS4 Pro? Uh, well, I believe it was running on a regular PS4. Um, I was playing Battlezone. Uh, oh, cool. I really the, That's one that really stood out to me like a while back. So, Yeah, it's... Well, Battlezone is Battlezone. Like, looking at it from a purely gameplay perspective, that it is what it is. Like it's exactly what you expect. You're in a hover tank. You're just put into combat arenas, and you're shooting stuff in that combat arena. So, Battlezone is Battlezone, not Battlezone, the semi-real-time strategy game. <laughs> no, it's not Battlezone okay. Redux. Oh no, Battlezone '94 or something they call it, or Battlezone '96. Must Redux be like them. or something. Yeah. yeah, something like that. They've they've given it a title like that uh, on Steam, but no, it's it's Battlezone. You know, the, the simplified, but you know, mm. with uh, you know, you're a hover tank. It feels weirdly the hover tank feels quite a lot like playing the hover tanks in Battlefield 2142. That's not weirdly, it's a hover tank. Yeah, you know, but like it, it's reminiscent in terms of the feel and the sort of wobble and the. But can uh, you turn uh, your turret? It's like, was the hover tank was the tank in the original Battlefield even a hover tank? Did they? Well, it's it just the yeah. tracks. <laughs> well, you never had strafe in the original. No, so and yeah, it turned real slow. I guess it was never. Uh, mm. I guess it was never canon that it was but they sort of just made it that way because obviously yeah when they redid that Battlezone RTS everything was hover tanks the space Soviet hover tanks because they moon. couldn't draw wheels <laughs> in, in the vectors that they had um, so yeah that, that that is what it is they, but they, they they do play nicely to PSVR in that you know they make it so you can there are enemies that you have to look up to really gauge where they are and you can aim your turret pretty high with a machine gun to sort of gun stuff out of the sky. Um, so yeah, yeah, they're playing to VR's like strengths, and it's it's interesting to see it in action because it actually high, actually showed how they're pulling off uh, PSVR so it works and doesn't make you feel uncomfortable, but actually works well enough that it can be run on a PS4. So here's the thing: yeah, PS4 comfortable head. Uh, sorry, PSVR very comfortable headset. Um, I had a little problem with my glasses getting it to stay in the right place so the image what didn't blur up. Um, it wasn't bad enough that I couldn't see what was going on, but it was bad enough to make some of the text a little difficult to read. Okay. Um, uh, the resolution of it is reminiscent to what I saw in the Oculus DK1 set, which, for the record, is the only other VR headset I've ever worn. Um, so, it to me, it's like, yep, this is VR. <laughs> it was... Um, you know, I haven't seen the better right. headset since, so you right. know, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't either disappointed or blown away by the resolution I was seeing. Right. Um, but the, you know, quality of 3D was good. The quality of images was uh, was nice. They were modelling the, the the PlayStation controller that you were holding in World. So if you looked down and moved your controller around and stuff, you could see it like just sort of floating around in front cool. of you. Which was, which was How a nice accurate little... did it feel? Like the kind of tracking of the controller very 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 good like yeah. no noticeable head latency no noticeable controller latency it was cool. uh dead on and you know yeah and you, you know, as i say you don't feel 
queasy at all by using it. But this is where the interesting part comes in, because I think parts of the game's render loop weren't running at the same frame rate as the headset's tracking render loop. Right. So if you see what I mean, you're, you're moving your head around and the world is updating fast enough that you don't notice a frame rate. Like whatever frame rate they've chosen, who knows what it is, but it was good. It was good enough that it wasn't a problem. Um, but then animations in the world, let's say it's, it's the, it's the, the classic um, Halo. It's the, it's, yeah. The, the Halo Bioshock style effect yeah. where the world was perhaps only animating at 30 frames per second at times. Um, so one of the enemy types was like a flying swarm of like birds, like polygonal bird things. Mm. And I'm pretty sure they were only moving at like 30 frames per second where things like the tanks and the bullets were, were looked, looked a lot better. Things mm. like that. So they, I think they've obviously had to make some, take some shortcuts in order to get the right power that they want out of that thing. And, um, I mean, you know, in, in, in many ways that they're, they're working on a good framework because like Battlezone, you know, it's, poly, it's polygons, it's low poly. Sure, yeah. That wasn't just a style thing. <laughs> Oh, what the low that the low poly is just the low frame rate on certain enemy animations could I, just be a style thing. Well, I don't know why you would make that a style thing because it's like things flying through the air and because the, it's the like because it's like weird old poly style. Like it, it looks deliberately bad. So I, why not make some of the animations deliberately well, bad? I, I don't think so. I don't. <laughs> yeah, think so. that sounds unlikely, Zeg. I can see what you're thinking, but I think if they were going to do that, they would have to make it really low frame really rate, pronounced, like, like yeah. halve it again, like make it 15 or something. Um, I think it's more likely but, they're trying to save some frames there, or whatever. Yeah, for your so, for the, for the rest of the world too. I mean, they're doing they're doing some other stuff. Like, there's nice little um, you know the ground is quite shiny and stuff like that, and there, there's some volumetric lighting going on. It's not a bad looking game by any means, and I, I, I think it's they're not it's not just a VR game. I think there is a yeah. Just straight up play it normally style to it. Do you think but it's got any depth to it at all versus other? No, other I, games? I doubt it has no. any depth at all. But okay. you know, yeah, another <laughs> VR title but, that's awesome. But but yeah, no depth. Yeah, it's 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 fun though. And so <laughs> here's the thing: we went into it, and Jamie was really like, so we were with with Kips and Jam when I was there, and uh, she was uh, pretty reluctant to give this a go. She basically written off VR as it wasn't going to be for her. So we're in the queue. And she's like, "Really? Do we have to? Do, do you want? You really want to do this? Like, I, I don't think I'm going to like it. I'm going to get all sick, and it's going to be weird. And I, I don't want to do it." Uh, and then the moment she stepped out of the booth, she was just like, "That was amazing!" <laughs> really? Like, wow. Yeah. So the the impact of VR on her from someone who was like really doubting whether she would get on with it to coming out of it being like, "Yeah, you know what? This this stuff works, and it's great." There you go. VR, That's you've cool. got to experience it. You've got to experience it. You do. Yeah. As I said, PSVR, it's good enough. Uh, I mean, now I've seen, I've had pretty much what's the best possible VR experience currently available, uh, which was, you know, the Vive um, in a room with, like, surround sound in in the space Ooh. Uh, Ooh, and nice. um, running on a monster or whatever. So did I talk about this? I must have done. Um, but this I think is... I I remember this. No. Oh, okay. Well, this is Ho's work. So right. she works for an agency. And oh, I they think you might have, me off there. Yeah. Yeah. So they have the, they're called Imagination and they have like a lab downstairs, which is just all the amazing new shit, basically, mm. that they can like make experiences for their clients. So for example, they made, um, a VR experience 
so you come to their booth at Jaguar Cars or whatever, and you put on a Samsung Gear Galaxy. What's the thing called? The Oculus uh, Gear VR. Gear VR, yeah, and you can like take a virtual tour around the car and sit inside it and like look around it. And it had like mm. a, um, they had a, um, I think it was like. I was it AR? No. Anyway, they had a box that had a certain pattern on it, which the thing would reckon the camera on the thing would recognize as you know to do AR with. Yeah. Stuff like that. Anyway, they have this lab full of stuff, and the, I guess the centerpiece is they have, uh, you know, a monster PC behind the scenes and mm. a Vive and a giant projector, so that other people watching you can see what you're seeing, and a mm. surround sound and enough space, and it's all air conditioned, and they. Uh, so yeah, and. Um, uh, I'm, I'm sure I must have talked about. It. Anyway, never mind. The, yeah, yeah that, that, it, it was great. I mean, it's it really come on leaps and bounds. But I mean, it's still not something that I would spend money on getting to that point because there's no actual game with any actual depth. Well, uh, yeah, that's the thing. The only the only game at the moment that uh, seems th- 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 this seems to make sense for is things like Elite, I guess. Like Elite, Elite. Yeah, but then you're not the having the best. fun of like the whole room scale thing, which is genuinely awesome. No, but I'm, I'm kind of okay stuff. with that because obviously Battlezone was a cockpit game, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's I, I don't think I need the room scale thing for it. The immersion of just wearing a headset, yeah, is pretty is, good. Is yeah. is pretty amazing. Yeah, well, but the room scale just, is pretty they good. Could just like me. quite easily just like patch in like a mini room scale into elite just make it so you can stand up and walk around the like the small cockpit yeah walk around the it doesn't have to be like a, be a whole ship <laughs> maybe yeah. but yeah you're so enclosed in elite well right? yeah it's... but you're so enclosed in any normal in any, house's yeah. room or in <laughs> any of the room scale stuff you're yeah but there's enclosed. like there is like no room it's like a like a like the, presumably like the canopy would open stuff no no no, no. have you been in the elite chair and there's like yeah there's loads of space in them they're really weird oh, maybe, I'm, maybe yeah. I'm getting confused with valkyrie yeah, yeah, probably. Um, but, uh, yeah, the best game I played by far was, um, I didn't play that many, was the, in the Valve pack, the archery game. It's brilliant because the motion control is just so good. You're literally doing the motion of firing arrows and you oh, can right. be, it has enough, like, fun in the accuracy of the controls that you, it's actually a fun game. It's mm. basically tower defense, but it's, sure. it's really fun. And it, and you, you can pick up the arrows or whatever and, like, you, it, there's a um you know there's a little uh, fire in a little basket next to you and it then it takes you a second to realize that you can draw the arrow and then you can just stick it in the fire to get a flaming arrow oh, stuff nice. like that yeah. and it's just really nice you're you're fighting against um people coming to attack your castle in armor and stuff but they are they look like the little black figures i guess from the portal training oh, videos right. yeah, yeah. yeah anyway the, the little stick guys yeah and it's a very simple game, but I mean, you are basically, you forget and you're basically just there on top of this castle after a while, even though it's all stylized. It's weird how your brain doesn't seem to care that the world you're in is stylized and doesn't look real. It still <laughs> believes yeah. you're there. It's really weird. Yeah. Presence, you, isn't it? What they keep referring <laughs> to that as. Yeah. The feeling I mean, of presence. You're, it's amazing how much, yeah, um, with VR, I always thought, like, conceptually, like, um, it was all very well, you know, track doing the head tracking and put, getting the right, playing the right image to each person's up to your eyes. But it's not going to feel real until we have photorealistic graphics. But it, that's not the way it works. Like your brain no. just fills in the blanks. It's really so weird. It doesn't, doesn't really matter, does it? Because like any no. space you could be in in real life could be like I don't know, badly painted walls or something yeah. like that, where you could be standing on a 
a terribly printed bit of grass texture. You know, I don't yeah. know. It's like it's, it doesn't really matter what it is. Just it's as long amazing. As it makes sense. The brain is not fighting you. It's trying to believe, uh, yeah. and the only thing that stops it is as they discovered the the tracking stuff. But that works mm. so well now that it doesn't really matter. Yeah, they they're really on it. Like, now's the time. But it's yeah. just like the problem is, as you say, making making full on games that use use this technology is, seems to still be struggling. Uh, you know, people seem to be struggling a bit. Like Battlezone seemed fine, but it is like a reasonably simple game. At least PSVR seems to be, and the PlayStation lineup of games seem to be leaning heavily into. Actually, you know what? We're not going to hold back. It's like, have you seen how fast Riggs actually moves? Um, mm. Riggs is their like mech combat football weird future sports game but that okay. thing moves at quite a clip and you know you're a sit down it's a sit down controller vr game and it's mm. uh you know i wonder how that how that plays on your senses yeah because there's you know, a lot the of teleporting t- going on in the current crop of things in some of them yeah i mean the battle zone tanks didn't move that fast so i guess it, like they did mm. even they even said to us it's like don't worry this is actually a fairly this is like oh, entry yeah. level vr mm. <laughs> in terms in terms of uh terms of that you know and i came out feeling absolutely fine you know no problem at all but cool i don't know it's oh man it's those sort of things we try and it's like you know what actually give it give it a year this, yeah and we'll this stuff, this, i, I kind of want it i kind of want it like it's it's great oh by the way the other thing in the lab in Ho's lab was the hololens which is like a three thousand dollar dev kit thing yeah but it is a lot of fun but then the um it's just so early that the um Basically, the the main problem with it is the field of view is absolutely terrible. Um, yeah. So, but it it is amazing. Like it's an amazing thing, and and also it's incredibly weird how. So the main mode that they use to show off is like just you know holographic objects in the world that you can spin around, you know, change size, and you can put them on surfaces and stuff and move them around. So so you put it on, and suddenly the room is full of like weird three D models of stuff. Uh, but part of Ho's job is to tidy up holograms because people just leave them all over the room and that doesn't make any sense. There's no reset, reset button. Program. No, there isn't one. <laughs> well, that's so, someone, that's someone else who hasn't done their job of programming a reset button. Yeah. So yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's how it's not. His job is people fuck That's it up. That's not a job. And she That's she has idea. to put it on and like arrange everything again, which is just, just so delete stupid. the program and start over. Yeah, I know. If, yeah, the, just, if the holograms are saved by their position, yeah. there must be a like data somewhere in there that it's saving. So yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But this is close, just close the app and reopen it. And then yeah, go I mean that in that in itself is quite weird because you operate it by gestures, like in mm. a sort of field in front of you so you do sort of pinches in the air like in front of your face basically or in or not in front of your face but like just you hold your hand just in front of your chest or whatever and in field of view and you can do these pinches and things and it takes a bit of getting used to but then you can operate the ui and stuff but yeah it's weird it's weird yeah i don't know there should be a reset button but ho genuinely has to do that i think (laughs) (laughs) that's so stupid it's pretty stupid. It's so stupid. Oh boy, it's the future. Wave of the future. Get excited! I'm yeah. excited. Yeah, I mean, PlayStation VR is like the first really consumer level thing, and if yeah, it's yeah. good enough, then it'll be cool. Oh, I was hearing things like, like you know, from uh, guys working the Rebellion booth that it was you know PSVR is sold out for quite some time. 
Really? So like pre- pre-ordered to the nines. So it's like if you're if you're thinking about getting in <laughs> there. Need anything though? Well, no, so I mean, how many it, did they make? Well, exactly. Well, as far as they as far as they are hearing, it's like if you wanted to get in now, you <laughs> there's no way of getting one for launch. For instance, you'd, you'd you'd be quite some time after. But you know, Sony have been good on their hardware supply chains, so I don't re- I don't expect that to be a problem for long. When you were talking about that archery thing, it reminded me of. Um, do you remember when PlayStation Move came out? They did like I think it was called Sports Champions. Yeah. There was right. an archery game in that using two Move controllers. Yeah, it's probably the same time, sort of thing. I thought at the time it's like actually, you know what? This feels pretty good because it made yeah. you do the quiver action. Well, yeah, because it had two Move controllers. Yeah, in the yeah. rare occasion that you're ever going to have two Move controllers. Well, yeah. that's the <laughs> thing with the Vive is it comes with two, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Because it has to. It has to. Yeah. Two hands. Well, I guess you don't technically need two hands. I, I mean, the first game I played was like a lightsaber one, game. You could program for one. And it was quite weird having two rather than one. Like, it would have been fine with one. It's playing two-handed lightsabers. Yeah, but two-handed, you you'd have to connect them. <laughs> you only really need one controller for that, right? Because you just need yeah. to hold it with... Yeah, with two hands, Well, if you were using a double-ended or, or one of the, like, you know... They use two hands on on the hilt in some some lightsaber designs. Yeah, but you'd yeah, still sure, only, but you need, still only one need one controller to track. Controller. You don't need two controllers. It wouldn't feel right though if your other hand wasn't doing it. And if you want to have that precise like angling ability, yeah, you, you just hold your other hand, like or, or, or the no, other you'd controller. you just have to attach a longer handle to the one controller, basically. I guess, yeah. yeah, or attach both of the controllers together, then it could be really angular. Yeah, exactly. That's the <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah, yeah. Connector. <laughs> If you were going to do a proper like Darth Maul style lightsaber, yeah. right? Then you, then you, if you could, if you could attach them together at the at the base to make a long controller, that would be pretty cool. Well, and then and then yeah. like in the film, it could get cut in half at some point. And then you have to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, special move. Ka-ching! <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. Like you built up enough power in your lightsaber so the two could be separated and power themselves. Ha! Ah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that. I mean, there's like, yeah. what, what games? What games are they coming out? There's like pit, like hundred foot robot golf is still coming. There's, uh, well, I'll talk about it in the TDS thing, but that summer lesson game is still coming. That's still a thing. Uh, yeah, it's rigs. A lot of games having a VR mode in them, like that terrible Final Fantasy one. But yeah, it, it'll be a thing, and it'll be big enough. To, just, let's just hope that they keep supporting it, unlike what they did with Move. Mm. Well, they they have coincidentally started supporting Move again, essentially. Well, they, yeah, you have to have a camera. Weirdly, those yeah, those <laughs> people who opted in to Move early and they're sort of going, yeah, bitches, I saw the future. <laughs> I mean, don't think I don't imagine that very many of the VR games will have actual built-in support for move controllers mm. they'll probably just use the light on the normal controller if they're going to do the controller tracking sure yeah <laughs> uh, it depends on the game I guess yeah if it's motion heavy they'll probably make you use a move but, but you know there's another situation where it's like Sony could have made it easy like how Nintendo when they do multi-controller things they have they surely Nintendo probably have just a system to manage that that they distribute among their devices. Oh, yeah, I'd imagine it's like a library, yeah. <laughs> so Sony could have done that for the movie controller, but I highly doubt that they probably did. No, I reckon they had to, right? Well, like, they probably had to, but they didn't, like, you know, the, the movie, make a big deal. I mean, 
the, the, the level of support that you get from like Nintendo hardware and Move hardware is like you you can get the raw data out of like so the, the I bet the Move can tell you how it's oriented, where in the three D space it is, um, and how fast it thinks it's moving. You know, there's probably some metrics you can get out of oh, it, yeah. like 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 that. But then how you manage gesture control and stuff like that is totally up to you. Yeah, that'll be where the library stops. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much all you need, really. Like, because then at that point you can build whatever you want on top of it, as long as you have the positional data and it refreshes fast enough, you're good. In theory. Uh, yeah, it's not a great deal else to talk about that you know that I really want to raise. Those you know, it was surprising. Ninty weren't even there this year. Microsoft right. didn't have their big booth this year. I mean, Gears 4 was on show, but it was like tucked away in the over-18s area. And uh, uh, Gears is Gears, by the way. And Gears is practically out. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing that's like, you don't need to see that. It's going to happen. Yeah, there were, there were a lot of games that we passed up because, like, well, they're coming out pretty soon. So let's let's not worry about that. But naturally, the one we did do, the one AAA we did do, and I <coughs> was Call of Duty. And we have to stop doing that. That is a bad game to play at EGX. It's just like it doesn't. It never, never demos well also, in that in that scenario. Also, it's Call of Duty again. Yeah. So to a certain extent, why would you even bother to go see that? It's just the demo setup they have is just awful, though. It is every it's every time they do the same thing, and it's like so they put you in multiplayer. So this year they were doing you, you get to play one quick game of Infinite Warfare style multiplayer and one quick game of COD Four Remastered. Um. And, uh, well, I don't think Infinite Warfare actually came out very well from that demo because it's like, it's, it's stupid. You know, you're on a, you're on a, like a big ass 40 inch screen that's like one foot away from your face. You can't bloody see anything. All it's doing is highlighting what all the graphical techniques and tricks they're taking down, like a weird dithered shadow effect. And it's just like, you know what? With my face right up close to this screen, this looks ugly as hell. Mm. Um, it wasn't running on pros, it was running on regular PS4s. Um, and uh yeah, I was I was having a bad time. I don't like the PS4 controller for shooters. Like I just I found it too easy to click the sticks by accident and that just really screws you up in COD. Um well, just like I, I guess, the controls. Yeah, I guess it's so you know, probably gone. No, <laughs> and like like weirdly the whole thing of the two sticks being low down and in the middle actually became a problem because it's like I don't know, I had it, it's it's muscle memory more than anything, but training myself to move from the left stick up to the D-pad to do some actions like calling kill streaks and things like that. I found it like really difficult because my thumb just wanted to always move down to the D-pad and stuff like that. So some of that is learning the controller, but it just it just the clicky thing on the sticks. It was like there wasn't enough pressure there. I just kept cl- I, I I clenched basically. Oh, I needed, yeah, and I, I needed clench protection. <laughs> um, the classic. Yeah, and it was just, it was just too easy to do on that controller. Uh, I, I didn't really like that experience. Like, it feels... I mean, it's fine. It, it basically, like, the multiplayer seems to be like they've put a even more sci-fi skin over what was going on in Black Ops 3, and that's the multiplayer this year. Um, mm. uh, the thing I really want to see in Infinite Warfare is the campaign, and of course, you know, they didn't show that. Um, and, so, and there's input lag on those screens because no one has calibrated all the monitors they have. It's just like... Oof. This is not a good demo. It's not a good, you don't come come and of course the people that are the other people that go to play that game are like pros. So like you don't get a good feel for the game before you get shot. And it's just like mm. it's not. Yeah, I'm not 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 enjoying this. Yeah, maybe um, don't play. Call it's, of Duty it's, at yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's. 
it's the thing is, yeah, it's like I can't. It's no slight on the game itself, other than that graphical thing I didn't like. It's like I just can't make a judgment. It's impossible. Um, uh, look, yeah, Call of Duty remastered. By the way, it's like yeah, they seem to have done a pretty good job um, touching up the look of that game. It you know looks modern, um, and uh, it, I actually thought it played. It felt better <laughs> than Infinite Warfare than the new one. Yeah. That's funny. Just in terms of the, it felt snappier, it felt faster. Um, is it the same as? Is it similar to the Halo remaster, where it's literally the same game and you can? Yeah, like, right. So it's not. Well, like, I, I think they may have changed some things very subtly. I think there was some perk that I hadn't seen before on the loadout list. You know, I might just be not remembering it, but in you know, in theory, it is the same game. But it's not like they've got the. I think it's a, re- a remaster in the true sense of a remaster, and that it, like it's not like the Halo ones where it's literally running the same code engine underneath, and they've put a skin on top. Right. It's like they've they've like you know they've taken the original game as much as possible, and tried to keep it as much the same whilst building a whole new, presumably running on new engine and presumably running on mm. yeah all that stuff. I don't think it's quite the uh, elaborate method that they took with Halo, but. It, that I mean that that felt good, but yeah, still still suffered from the same demo problems. But um, I actually thought it wasn't the, the one thing we took that both Kips and I said is that we weren't sure that 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 was running at a smooth sixty either. Like maybe it was being a bit framey during our experience. But so I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not so hot on regular PS4s. <laughs> it's like hard to tell. As I say, impossible to tell. Uh. Uh, and the the other made I guess the other thing I want to mention, and I spotted this right at the end of the day, but it kind of made me happy uh, in the same way that I spotted Fumper last year, um, and that made me happy. I found a game called Aero, uh, spelled Aero. with two A's. Okay. So it's like Aero. <laughs> um, some, someone's having a stab at making a, a rhythm rail shooter. Basically, res. What's going on? Aren't they doing res? res. They're doing res anyway, aren't they? Res Infinite. Well, well, Res Res Infinite is still a remake, really, isn't it? It's like they they thought it had new stuff. It has one new stage and VR support. Um, Admittedly, that new stage is about ten minutes long, but um, Res Infinite has yeah Area X they call it, but um, but yeah, has one has one new stage and uh, and VR support is that is the thing for Infinite, and apparently it's good. Like they're not, you know, there's nothing against it, but it is mostly a remake, right? Um, but yeah, this is a brand new thing. It looks like you're like, um, you're basically a ship sort of crossing over what looked like desert-style planets, or at least in the bit that I I saw. And yeah, you're you're attacking enemies in time to the music in the same way that you do with Res. There's 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 some mechanics where firing your shots in time with the music has a benefit this time, Mm. Um, whereas Res it makes no difference at all. uh, and there's also some sections where you're playing like a, a bit of a rhythm game inside a tunnel. So you've got to follow this like wire around to stay safe, but the, the wire moves in time with the music and things like that. So it's, it looks good. It looks good. Cool. Well, that sounds good. Uh, yeah. Aero. Um, yeah. And that was, that was EGX. Not, not a great year for them, I don't think, but it's still enjoy- enjoyable nonetheless, but I would. Uh, I think I, yeah, I need to need to go back to my original ways of playing it. I think just focus more on indie and mm. do that stuff. Um, I got a game of Lord of the Rings pinball then. Oh yeah, 
That seems like an okay pinball table. Is that a real a table? Bit, yeah, a real table, yeah. Proper physical thing. Uh, built by Stern. Um, yeah, it seems like an okay table. Suffers a little bit from like a lot of licensed pinball tables where it doesn't really, the audio doesn't really tell you what's going on and instead just plays quotes from the films. And it's like, eh. I'd, I'd rather you have some, like, like I quite like to hear Gimli say, ball locked or something. Even if you haven't got the real actors, it's like, I don't care. Just tell me what's going on on the table a bit more rather than saying you shall not pass. Mm. Well, unless you do something clever with you shall not pass, like some kind of magnet gate or something. That's fine. I'm sure there's a lot you could do theming on on that stuff. Yeah, in general, yeah. But yeah, yeah. It, it's something about souls. He's like, 500 more souls. <laughs> souls? Yeah. That doesn't seem... Right. It was a bit strange. It was like a bonus system or something. They went from the Tunnel of the Dead or something. I don't know. Right. The mountain dead people, what they called. Yeah. The dead men of Dunharrow or whatever. 500 souls. The way of the dead, is it? <laughs> something like that. Yeah. I can't remember. The Deus Ex Machinas that, that ends the battle in the third film by just magically being green and like murdering everyone. Is that the second one? I suppose it was. Third, uh, third, third one, sorry. Film. Yeah. yeah. I suppose it was. Yeah. I sort of, in my head, it sort of runs into the second for some reason. Because you've never seen the whole of the second one, as we previously discussed. No, or that's inability true. to stay awake. That is true. <laughs> that is true. I watched it last night. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't know. I've been watching. I've watched The Fellowship and the Two Towers. Now I need to watch Return of the King. <laughs> good films. Yeah, they're really good. <laughs> These <coughs> Hobbit films were not that good. I still haven't seen the last one, actually. Yeah. We saw we saw the first two in the cinema, and we just didn't see them. Last I mean, time. I saw them as like a Christmas sort of tradition type thing, but now yeah. it's going to be a lot better because now the tra- Christmas tradition will be Star Wars, so it'll be way better. Mm. Yeah. Because <laughs> Rogue One can't be far away. Exactly, Christmas. Uh, I suppose we should do some real news now. Okay, the real news. What have we real got? Real news, not just hands-ons. Uh, stuff we may have missed. We've got 20 um, minutes I'm for not... real news. Okay. Mm, okay. <laughs> uh, stuff we may have missed. Uh, I think we didn't talk about the PS4 Pro not having a 4K Blu-ray drive in it, oh, I which think, I think is insane. That? It's a bit, a bit weird, especially since the Xbox One S does. Right? Yeah. Correct. Anyway. Yeah. That's that sounds crazy to me. It's quite weird. Broadband and 4K streaming isn't there yet. That's... Well, they realised that, that that since everyone bought PS3s for the Blu-ray, they maybe they maybe they think that they could actually just make a separate separate 4K D, uh, Blu-ray player and have that be another revenue because it's like everyone already has PS4s and then we're making this pro for the better games, but we can also split off the <laughs> Blu-ray functionality into its own device again. Wouldn't that make be, more money. But wouldn't you, that be another reason to get people to just buy a PS4 Pro if they had a PS4 normal? Like, if it had a 4K Blu-ray player in it. It's like, why, why cut also, that Also, nobody really cares about 4K yet. <laughs> yeah, they do. That's the whole noise in the Pro. It's what? a really common... Now, if you go to buy TV, they're starting to become all 4K, so it is important. Yeah. People are going to start wanting content for it. People don't know what it means. 
Yeah, they do. They're not that dumb. Like, just because they don't know about computer games doesn't mean they don't know what HD is and what 4K is and how they well, can Well, they know what HD is now, ne- after yeah. all this time. I don't yeah, think anyone really knows what, that 4K is the new thing. And it, Well, they know it's the new thing, but they don't know that like it's hard to get 4K stuff as it's stands at the moment. Well, I don't know. They I know that. They know that it's an easy they... thing to explain now, right? Because they've yeah. been through the HD thing, and now you can just say, it's more HD. It's, it's, more, it's the next HD, and they know that um, they pay extra... HDR is the bigger challenge. They know that if they pay extra for their Netflix package, they get 4K content or whatever. I think HDR is the, big, is the harder sell. To, to, to the average person unless they're stood in front of one and they can be like hey look at this picture well, that's the yeah, same as like true. LEDs and stuff where it's just like yeah, all it, it is it is colour difference yeah, it, like... it, it is the same problem yeah as like you know people might not care whether it's LCD or plasma until they're stood in front of them and go oh okay and then they don't even care either no most of the time you're right yeah it's like is it big it's like look at my parents TV it's HD but do they watch any HD t- channels like no they just watch regular BBC One or whatever really it's like, I'm, well, are they just using preview? Well, yeah, but well, they might not have preview HD. So. <laughs> but it's just like they bought an HD TV because it was HD, or because it was probably all they could buy. Like, you'd I don't like, know, it's quite old. I think they might have been right on. They could have got a non HD one at that time. Well, I've had mine like eight years now, and that was like a good couple years into the HD flat screen thing. But it's just like they don't care, even though I said it's where it's like. I'd look at it and it's like, this is really bad. It's all blurry and shit. And then they don't, they just don't even realize. <laughs> it's one of those things like, yeah. And it, well, I, I remember back in the, when, when HD actually started, it was one of those things that like, it took a while. Some people actually just didn't really care, to be honest. It's like they'd watch SD and be like, yeah, but I'm still getting, I'm still watching the show. And then after a while, they would start start to notice the difference. It's like for some reason it was one of those things that just, just didn't hit them immediately. And then like after, uh, uh, well, to be honest, after spending too much time with me watching HD stuff and then going back to SD stuff, they were like, oh no, actually, I, now I get it. Now I get it. it. It's one of those things that they just, they have to be living and breathing it for long enough naturally for them to then mm. suddenly look at the old stuff and be like, oh, you know what? Yeah, look, going back is hard. It's like, I guess, evolution of games, right? Like, going back to some old games can be hard. Like, because you just go, oh, I don't remember it looking this dodgy or this, or animating this weirdly. Because you got so used to how things are now, or the resolution or the clarity of things now. And it's like, yeah, it's that effect. Sometimes you don't miss what you haven't <coughs> experienced. That came out wrong, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it has. Has anyone really experienced 4K yet? Really? Well, I have. They've but, experienced yeah. like fake 4K a no, lot of the time. Well, cinemas are 4K. That Most doesn't count. A cinema is a completely different thing where you're projecting it onto this fucking gigantic screen. Still, yeah, <laughs> true. It doesn't look as sharp as perhaps it would on a TV in your room. But it, it, those are technically 4K and IMAX is 8K, I think. <laughs> well, but, yeah, but that's, that's why. It's because it's a cinema. Yeah. You want high resolution because it's gigantic. Sure, but you know, <laughs> you know, I've seen 4K. I've seen 4K content. I haven't seen... I've, I've seen super high quality 8K content. and it's Super high vision. Yeah. That is actually the name of what I saw, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, the NHK vision. have been working on super high vision for like 10 years or longer, I think, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. They, they're yeah. skipping 4K. They're like, this is the future. It's ludicrous because... Super like, high vision and 22.2 speakers around. 
Yeah, they're mental. <laughs> Imagine if the BBC, that was what their focus was. That's the equivalent, isn't it? They're the Japanese public service broadcaster. And for some the reason, they're B- obsessed with like super high technology stuff. Well, when I, when I was still in broadcast, the BBC were more interested in high frame rate. Yeah. Than anything else, they 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 you know they want a gun for the ideal three hundred frames per second. Really? Well, that was the, that was the the sort of demonstration they had at IBC one year. I think it was the Beeb who were doing that. But yeah, they were they were showing off. Hey, we've got a like a. I don't think they had a three hundred frames per second projector, but they had like a hundred and fifty or something, and it was right. like that was the moment where you just you look at it and you go, oh. <laughs> That's that's not camera induced motion blur anymore. That's the blur, natural blur of my eyes that I'm seeing. I've never seen that. What like 150 hertz, like actual like video, actual just recorded proper video playing back, and it's yeah, it's it's. Impressive. I guess it looks you good. Could, I guess because high speed cameras have been around for ages, so there's nothing to stop recording at that rate. No, um, no. It's just you need a display that can output yeah. it and the, and systems fast enough to do it. In theory, you could. I mean, now it's like quite common. You could get a PC display that could do that theoretically. Mm. Yeah. You know. But yeah, it looks pretty. You know how like I don't know if you watch sixty frames per second like real real life video. There's still something a bit weird about it, right? Totally. But uh, in theory, as you go past that into the one twenties and one fifties, it's like actually it suddenly becomes natural looking. Yeah, it's like sixty is like an uncanny valley of like real, real camera work, and everyone seems to be shooting for sixty in terms of games. Yeah, that's still a bit. Well, it's because TV tech doesn't want to. There's no need True. for TVs to up their frame rate yet. It's like it's only like gaming grade monitors that worry about that. But no one makes gaming grade televisions. Well, Sony tried to, but <laughs> well, they're little ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess that'd be crazy money. Like, I don't know. Hmm. Okay. News. Uh, yeah, so there was that. And also, we didn't mention that Mario Maker 3DS actually doesn't have an upload feature at all. Right. Well, I think I said I thought yeah. that was the case. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, but that's no, you're, you're 100. If you did say that, you're 100% right. And that's nuts. You've kind of just broken that game. <laughs> well, it's like a thin client, I guess, for playing all the content that's already been you can made. Still make. You can still make. But you can't upload. Well, yeah, it, with... presumably you can still get a code, right? No. It doesn't upload at all. Yeah, but it doesn't have to upload only. to get a code. You can just uh, generate the code based no, on... No, I think the codes weren't, like... Because re- those codes would be enormous if they were to represent yeah, like, they the would. content of the level. <laughs> or a QR code. There would, there would be, still be a pretty big QR code. Um, well, it depends. If the levels are not as big, potentially, then you could trim it down. If there's not as many options, that would reduce the Yeah, I don't know. That's kind, of, that's kind of the point in that game, though, <laughs> is that they made a ton of options. Yeah, I don't know. I think they've basically crippled that game into irrelevance. But you can still wildly transfer, um, right? Though. You can still street pass yeah. uh, or spot pass, whatever they want to call it. Um, uh, it's not spot passes, it is true. Right. Yeah, there's, there's local Wi Fi sharing, but that's mm, that's, a, that's a Nintendo like solution that's terrible. Uh, uh, and yeah, so actual news uh, TGS happened, and Sony put on a little press conference. Um, a bit smaller okay. in scale than it, was, than it normally did, but this one was like games for the Japanese market, so a lot less talking. 
a lot less of that that nonsense that we saw at PlayStation meeting. Uh, and if you haven't seen it, you need to go check out the wow new rap that they played at the start of the uh, of the of the conference, which was like classical music with like random drum beats behind and the like Japanese rap over the top, sort of talking about the games that are appearing in the background, saying wow a lot. <laughs> it's like oh wow, it's new. Hmm. It, I, I found it pretty entertaining. It's dumb. It's real dumb. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll run down this relatively quickly and stop me if there's anything you find interesting. Um, uh, Final Fantasy XV Lunar Edition PS4 Slim is coming, which is basically a PS4 with a moon on it. Um, <laughs> it's 0.6 gravity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the Square are making, I think it was an... an I actually don't know what this game was. I can't remember. But they're making a game called Saga Scarlet Grace. And it's a Vita game. People are still making Vita games. Sort of. Um, uh, there are new Vita colours, which they made a big deal of for some reason. I guess Vita still is doing okay in Japan, maybe? I don't know. I didn't think it was doing well anyway. Uh, Call of Duty's settled, uh, is showed up to say, hey, you know, we're, we're still making Call of Duty on PS4, buy it. Uh, and, you know, apparently the bad guys are called the Settlement Defense Front. I learned that much. Um, then there was Watch Dogs 2, which we'd seen before. Then there was For Honor, which we'd seen before. Um, I guess they focused on the Samurai a bit more in the For Honor trailer this time. <laughs> um, they're making a new Gundam versus game, which we'll never see here. Um, so this is the, the like Kingdom Hearts are making another HD collection, but the name is just so bizarre. Well, it always is. Yeah, it's like Kingdom Hearts HD Collection Two Eight <laughs> or something. Like with eight something something. Like there was a subtitle there, which is very confusing. And it's like basically the spin-off Kingdom Hearts games, like all in a package, redone. Like some of the ones that were on mobile platforms, or I mean handhelds. Um, consolized. And we still haven't seen Kingdom Hearts 3 yet, come on. Mm. Well, we've seen it. Well, we know it exists, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, then there was Nier. Um, briefly, Danganronpa 3 is getting a full console release rather than just Vita by the sounds of it. Um, Hot Shots Golf, which everyone seems to be losing their minds over. <laughs> yeah, to be released summer next year. Um, Originally thought to be coming out this year, but no, they said, like, no, we're, we're going to release this next year. It seems to be, yeah, seems to be a lot of fun, like, multiplayer-focused uh, comedy golf game with, like, kart racing and, like, golf kart racing in the middle of, like, playing golf and stuff okay. like that. And looks like they're going all in on making it a bit nuts and, and enjoyable rather than just a, a straight-faced golf game. Um, special news for our Cambridge crew. New Earth Defence Force game coming. PDF five. Oh, you're joking! Now with giant frogs. Already had giant ants. Now I got the giant yep. frogs. Frogs are the, frogs are the new new thing, baby. Uh, those games are kind of fun. They're I hope that doesn't get more professional. No, I'm, I'm with you. I wanted to always be this level of sort of crap. Yeah, they're great, just as they are. Uh. Tecmo Koei prove they have no ideas and are making a Musou game, or, you know, for those not initiated, the Musou games are like Dynasty Warriors. Um, 
that, but featuring Tecmo Koe properties such as Ninja Gaiden and um, Dead or Alive and some others. So, mm, uh, yep, Summer Lesson, which I mentioned earlier, is going to be a launch game. Um, no Heroes Allowed is a VR game or will have VR support. Um, Resident Evil are releasing a VR experience in the form of a music video <laughs> by band Lark, Lark and Seal. Which is so it's like the Ridge Racer, though. Right? <laughs> I, I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> that seemed really bizarre. Um, and uh, But then that led into, actually, like Sony aren't just going to be making games for PSVR. They're going to be making virtual reality spaces and, exper- and, and video experiences and Playroom um, VR, basically. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> like, so the one they showed was someone coming home from work, be like being a bit stressed and a bit frazzled, and then putting on PSVR and being transported to a nice, relaxing field where they would just chill out for a while. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but then the interesting part of that was is they had integration with their their phone, so they could use their phone and tap something on the screen, and PSVR would then start displaying their phone in the world. Right. So they were using their phone whilst in PSVR, and you know you could see what you were doing. So that's kind of interesting. They're going to make their mm. own version of Smart Glass. Yeah, but maybe I don't know if it's like a driver just built onto Sony's phones, like to just show whatever's going on on the screen. That's a slightly bizarre form of escapism, but okay, fine. Um. And they had an ad for something called DAZN, which seems to be an esports channel for Japan. Um, uh, and then Sony announced they are launching a new company called ForwardWorks, uh, which will be making. Well, Sony are basically going to start making smartphone games themselves. Oh, interesting. In what, the like same way that Nintendo have, I guess. Right. Yeah. What, uh, but just for Android, for their own phone? Sort of thing. I, I guess it was unclear, but um, yeah, that they're, they're officially doing smartphones. It was the takeaway from this, um, and one of the ones they they sort of announced is, "Hey, we're um, and we're we're, also, we're not just going to move into the smartphone direction. We're actually going to come the other direction as well. We're going to take properties from companies that have done well in the smartphone space and consoleize them." So they brought, mm. they brought up something called Grand Blue Fantasy, which I don't think is really known or maybe hasn't been released over here. I'm not sure. I hadn't heard of it. Um, but they were basically doing a something called Pro- they call Project Relink um, with help from Platinum Games. And it actually looked pretty good. Like, then they're bringing that, like, it's an RPG, sort of an action RPG for PS4. Uh, and it looked like it could be all right, actually. Yeah. Um, and then Kojima turned up <laughs> okay. and talked some nonsense about what Death Stranding may or may not be. Of course he did. Um, it was like, he basically explained the concept of like Death Stranding as a thing, you know, like, like everyone else kind of already figured out, like whales beaching themselves or whatever. Um, and then tried to explain how how his game is not like, like every game that has ever been made has been, it's been about rods, like humans with sticks, like getting things done with sticks. Stick We're going to make a game about strands <laughs> that 
that hold everything together, and it's uh, we're going to have a a, a a cooperative multiplayer experience based on strands, and it's like everyone's like, "What Holy are you crap. talking about?" <laughs> like one one could only hope that he is actually trying something wildly different in terms of game design, but what on earth is that? Who knows? I guess we'll find a, out. That was just a fancy way of saying co-op. Yeah. Instead of, com- instead of competitive. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he did basically say like he wants to prove that indie studios can make AAA masterpieces. I don't think he counts as an indie studio. <laughs> just him by himself. <laughs> he, he is kind of indie now, but like, it's, it's not clear whether he's getting funding from anyone like in terms of like major publishers or like Sony or... It's not. It's not been made clear. For what, like, so I guess he can consider himself in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was TGS. There you go. I didn't really hear. I didn't really hear of much else coming out of the show other than that. Really. Uh, and then other minor news: South Park fractured but whole has been delayed until next year. Um, you know what else got delayed? Last Guardian. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Admittedly, only by six weeks, so it's still technically coming out this year. But you know that was inevitable, I guess. <laughs> I don't think anyone would mind if they said, "Actually, you know what? It's going to be another year." I don't know. I think people might mind at this point. Now that they finally start, like when it finally came back, and then it came back quite hard. It's like <laughs> they're getting ready to actually release it, and yeah. like, no, we'll give it two more years. Not quite. Yeah. <laughs> They did say the reasons were that they they weren't quite happy with its like uh, it was a bit buggy. Well, yeah, exactly. and it hadn't quite got through QA yet. Which I'm all for. I'd rather they delay a game rather than try and just say no, it's coming out and do dodgy day one patch. You know, I'd rather they go this well, way. People who have played it have been saying that like it feels quite old school because you know it's quite old school <laughs> because guess, it was a game yeah. from ten years ago. <laughs> Yeah, I guess, I've heard that. that you know, they say that like it looks great, the animation is nice and fluid and stuff like that. But as a result, yeah, something about the feel of the controls isn't quite there. Um, and maybe that's something they're going to try and tweak or tune. As so, part yeah, of this. It's basically tuned. <laughs> yeah, basically, it's exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There'll be a strip club. Uh, does the hmm. Are you guys up on digital homicide and that whole debacle on Steam? Well, yes, it's been continuing to debacleize its way along. Debacleize. <laughs> Dan, do you, do you know this, this? These guys? No, I can't really be bothered. Okay, What's quick recap. Quick recap. Digital homicide, well, yeah, are known as a known as an asset flip developer, as in they take stuff that's basically available on the Unity stores and crudely mash it together to make terrible, terrible products that they then sell on Steam somehow. Um, and were called out by Jim Sterling fairly dramatically for being one of, like prolific at doing this and stuff like that. And Jim Sterling has a bit of a thing against asset flips. Uh, and then they went mental, basically. And you know, they're the guys that are suing Jim Sterling. Mm. Jim Sterling? Mm. Sterling for, for trying, to, trying to call them out, basically, and just giving people an honest opinion on what he thinks of their games, which is frankly nuts um and uh but so they got even weirder and started um suing people who gave them negative comments on steam right they seem to be suing everyone 
yeah, who knows how they're getting the money for all this. Well, they're not. That's the thing. Yeah. They're not actually suing anyone, really. No. <laughs> it's just not happening. Um, and they're also self-representing, yeah. mostly. As a result, Valve stepped in and went, you can't do that, and have taken them off Steam completely. Um, uh, and of course, Digital Homicide have now filed a lawsuit against Valve. So. Well, it's like technically that one almost makes sense because like you basically shut down their entire revenue so legally there is some kind of implication to that it, sure that, like, but, uh, they haven't really done anything yet sort of kind of who knows if it's like I don't know there must probably maybe there's a terms of service thing like sure. in Valve to say like, you can't sue user reviews well there's probably just this thing that says that they can't sue Valve yeah, in probably. terms of service yeah, probably yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, and conveniently with the quack alarm, that's me done. Unless anyone's got any more for well, any more. Well, it's not related to gaming, but YouTube is shitting everything up as they've been doing continuously. There, well, there's always YouTube drama. Oh, well, it's they, more they, some they, kind of moderation thing where you get fake internet points, right? And yeah. people are annoyed. <laughs> Wait, what? Well, basically, one of the main things that people are annoyed about is that. They, they're setting up a system to like have moder- like community moderators and then you get points from doing moderation tasks and then you level up and get access to more tools and stuff. Two main points about it. Firstly, there's a bunch of tools that you only get from leveling up that people wish that they had now. It's like, can you just give us these tools to like the people who already do the moderation? Do you know what those are? It's just like mass flagging and, and, and like oh. hiding users and that kind of stuff. Huh. It's just like... Shadow ban. They sound, they sound a little bit like just general quality of life service. Yeah, it's like, why are these behind this like tiered unlock system? I guess Twitter does, does does stuff like that, though, right? Like, you have to become a certain level of, like, confirmed... Certified. What is it? Like, certified, yeah, and then suddenly they open up these... Sure, but that's these... slightly different. That's like proving that you're the actual person. Yeah, to, to <laughs> some degree. But <laughs> it's think, like, like identity theft protection, to some extent. Yeah, I guess. And then the other thing that people are slightly pissed off about the YouTube thing is, like... Basically, YouTube is saying, hey, all you people who, who want to do moderation, why don't you do moderation and we'll reward you with these little perks and unlocks instead of just fucking paying people to do this work like we should be. Right. <laughs> it's like hiring some people to do moderation. So is this like, so you can be a moderator randomly? Like yeah. You don't have to be affiliated. You don't, it's with... not like per channel or anything. It's oh. just like overall YouTube flag oh. videos wherever you are. <laughs> That's even weirder than I thought. I thought you were talking about like t- no. tools for just channel owners. Yeah, that's like that. why they're pissed off about it because it's like the a- the actual tools that moderators of channels have at the moment are less than what these perks unlock in the future. Yeah, why not just give it to channel owners so you can do that to anything that happens on your own channel? Yeah, and pass that down to people you choose as moderators that's for your channel. somewhat bonkers. Pretty much. So people are pissed. As, well, unless this is like a beta program, like I would, if they had like, well, it seems like quite a such... quite a like major announcement for for it to not be like mm. happening immediately, like something that they've had in the works. For right, a while. so it's like something that Google haven't messaged. Pro- I, I could probably well, understand Google, if like, it was a beta program. Never message anything. Well, well it was a video. That's true. That they uploaded to YouTube and then had to disable the comments on. Lol. <laughs> What, what do you, what surprise? You think you maybe needed some moderators on YouTube for your YouTube channel where the comments got completely <laughs> full of shit instantly? <laughs> maybe you should hire some people. That is quite funny, actually. And, you know, even though the comments are the same, it's like 
one to sixty four dislike ratio, right? Yeah, <laughs> with like two hundred thousand dislikes or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's not that the features themselves necessarily sound bad, but why not just you know give them to the people, give who them need to the channel, really? Yeah, <laughs> don't give them to potentially a bunch of trolls who can yeah how, unlock how, the ability how, to mass flag videos uh, and then uh, just uh, fight yeah. everything up. Because the thing is, like, abuse could it, could it, how much it, abuse could the system? The really thing is, it's like it's, it's flagging videos, which means they still have to get looked at by someone else anyway. So right, you're, yeah. you're not really like reducing the amount of work that someone has to do on the back end of YouTube, except unless, that unless no, one, no one does that work. Unless that's where this is going, that there will end up being an automated system. Say so if it gets flagged a certain amount, that it just pulls it temporarily. Well, Which is know, also terrible. It's just like what bullshit automated systems do YouTube already have that don't really work very well. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone's annoyed. It's it's awkward because in a way, actually, this problem is you know you you just can't solve it right unless you hire people. Yeah. It's like, but then hiring people is expensive. <laughs> but they've done a ridiculously good job of not doing it so far. Otherwise, that's what sounds a bit. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, those, well, I they expect know, they had cause... to hire a lot of people to make all these automated systems at some point. I guess, that probably yeah. cost quite a lot, though. Yeah, it's Google, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's what they, they can get the best people. Yeah. Yeah, weird. YouTube be YouTubing. Yep. I think we're out of news. Yeah, that's it. Reddit only, Reddit only seemed to be excited that Gears of War 4 has split screen on PC. <laughs> that seems to be the main thing that they like this week. I suppose, it, well, yeah, because that was... It would make sense, right? Because they're, they're trying to keep those games yeah. to, in total parity, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Like anything that does this thing. And people are like, we can talk about Recall briefly, and the mess that that game ended up being. Well, not really that much to say about it. It was just like a not very well finished game. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely came out way too early. Um, like totally, un- yeah. Like, so I was interested in that game from what I saw of its early thing, and it turns out that that you know that early in, those early interesting things are still sort of valid in that you know the premise is interesting, the gameplay is interesting, primary you know it's, it's normal loops seem okay. Problem is, is they just don't do a great deal with it, and it's buggy as all hell. Um, and the end game is unbelievably terrible, and seems to just suddenly hit the you know you're slammed into the ending when the story feels like it should have had an extra chapter or two to explain what the hell's going on to ease you into that. Um, uh, which all all are signs of this came out too early. Um, but the, uh, uh, the the interesting takeaway here is that apparently the Xbox version actually doesn't run that great and has incredibly bad loading times, whereas the PC version is absolutely fine. This might be the first like Universal Windows platform game where the PC version is actually better. Well, apart from maybe Killer Instinct, but that you know that came late, so it doesn't count. Um, and you know the whole save transferring thing apparently works beautifully. Like do something on the Xbox, Xbox, the Xbox, <laughs> Xbox. And your and your save will get cloud synced, and then you go on the PC, and it's pretty much there instantly. You know, all that stuff apparently just works and is fine. Maybe not that amazing, really. No, but it's like especially since Microsoft Cloud saves have already existed for ever, forever, and it's just like now the PC can see them. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, I guess like what people are saying, like why that feels great is like if you put that next to how PS4 has apparently handled it, and like you have to like manually sync saves um, or 
trigger your console to 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 do an upload to the servers manually that you know this is just leaps and bounds better than what sony are doing like well that depends whether you want automated more automated uploads or not <laughs> there's definitely reasons that you wouldn't want it to see every all the time oh no sure but the ps4 there isn't <laughs> there just isn't an option to do that like like it just doesn't do that um or it will but the time at which it does it is unpredictable um so you might end up with weird sync conflicts every now and then and stuff like that. Um, I know Steam, do, or you know, there's, I guess to us that's not much of a big deal because Steam already does a pretty good job, right, with cloud save and stuff like that. So yeah. you know, it's not like this is brand new stuff, but it's just nice to see that you know that they've done it at least infrastructure-wise, they've done it right. Uh, yeah. So what's that? That's another black mark against concept involved games. The downward spiral of Inafune continues. I don't think this one counts as much. What, you reckon they weren't really involved at all? Yeah, I don't think they had as much input on that one as like it's not like, you know, Mighty Number Nine, which was pretty much just them trying to make the game that they already made. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do feel sorry for Argonaut, the developers this time, because it sounds like they might have been onto something and were maybe pressured out due to time or whatever, or budget. Um, and then they couldn't quite execute on the game they wanted to make. Um, one of those things, I hope they get a second shot, but maybe, you know, maybe they won't. Maybe they'll all just become part of Rare. <laughs> Cause that seems like <laughs> similar in the area, but they just get mashed together. Yeah. Something about that game just seems like it could have been a modern Rare game. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. There's a little bit of Jet Force Gemini to it, I guess, in some, some of how it looks and things. Which is quite a bit of Jet Force Gemini to how it looks. The more I think and about it, it and yeah. how it moves, yeah, that like weird third person, yeah, shooting action. Yeah, a bit of a bit of a shame. I didn't go in, so I dodged that bullet, I suppose. But... Woo! Oh, yeah. Other uh, actually, sorry, there was a tiny bit of news we missed as well. Um, I suppose this still counts, I guess. Uh, the number of Battlefield One maps is now known. Oh, good. Uh, so I want to gauge how you feel about this, Zach. Mm-hmm. Nine. Mm-hmm. Divided into three environments, I assume? Something like that, yeah. You like Eastern Front and Desert and the other one. <laughs> <laughs> the other one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's something like that. Um, with a tenth coming for free in December. Wow, well, that, that doesn't... <laughs> Like, well, I, you know, what's the DLC schedule? It's presumably at least three packs, right? Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> Standard procedure. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, they, they, they definitely haven't come out and said, hey, we're doing the, the free DLC thing. Um, like everyone else seems to be doing at the moment. EA are still sticking to the expansion pack thing. You know, like they're basically doing exactly what Battlefront did is what's happening here. I actually didn't. I, I, sh- I should have looked up like how many maps Battlefront launched with. <laughs> yeah, not many. Yeah, but they are still adding stuff to it. Like apparently they added like a Death Star fight, like with yeah, like, that looked kind of cool. And they added Bosk as a as a playable character, you know, hero character. Oh, one of the hero characters. Yeah, as the evil hero character, I think it's kind of cool. Bosk. Yeah, I don't know about nine maps. I mean, presumably there's still 64 player maps at some point, right? Not uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think they're all full sized with variants. It's like well, size where it's not like variant variants. 
So I've looked up the number of maps that, that, that Battlefront had at launch. Yeah. And, uh, it's not high. Yeah, yeah, just for comparison. But it's like, well, it's actually more than Battlefield 1 is launching with. It was 12, according to this, um, compared to, what is it, 9 now. And Does that have the modes? Does it say uh, the modes? No. Like, that's the thing. If there's 9 Battlefield 1 maps that, like... Does that separate does that... Russian conquest? Or does does one map contain Russian conquest in, inside that one map, essentially? That's the actual question. You'd hope so if there were nine. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> You'd hope so. Well, yeah, the beta already proved that Russian... Oh, what? Yeah, that Russian conquest were on the same Sinai Desert level, at least. But yeah, do they count as... Does they that count as two maps? They can't count as two separate maps, right? That would be... No. That would be the worst. Yeah, that would be... And also, it's a lot. It's an odd number, so that you know. That well, it's three sense. game modes, and therefore there's only three. Maps. <laughs> yeah, but that would be real bad. Yeah, that would be like even worse. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, so, how do you feel about that? Like, if it, if it does turn out to be nine maps with maybe two game modes on, with the Russian conquest on it, um, how does that sit with you? Like, is that enough? I trouble is I don't even remember how many maps there were in Battlefield Four or Three. <laughs> it's like maybe Three I should be able to remember a bit better. But like if I try and list how many maps there were in Battlefield Three, it was like there's Metro, there's the other French city one, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, then what? What else was in Battlefield Three? Even I don't, it's like that's it. <laughs> That's all I remember. What were the other? What were the open maps in Battlefield Three? What was that? Oh no, that was Metro. <laughs> like, there was that park. Oh no, yeah, wait, the park turns Metro. into Metro. Uh, I, I don't remember uh, the other environments of Battlefield Three apart from that French city. Yeah, <laughs> there, were, there were. There was the one with the river. Oh, did you mention that the one with the river? That's the French three. city. It's right. this French city environment. Yeah. Oh, was this? No, Snow was four, right? Yeah. Um. God. In four, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I really don't know. That's weird. Like, we played a lot of Battlefield 3 compared to 4. Whereas 2, I can remember, like, you know, the Gulf of Aid and the, 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 yeah. the China we bits. All and... the laps in, well, that's because they kept reusing them also. Yeah. I guess in, in Battlefield 3, we played some of Battlefield 2's maps. <laughs> sure. And Wake, of course. Always yeah. Wake. Like, but that, that came late though, didn't it? Yeah, it was. was it Battlefield Three or Four that had the f- flood level? Do you mean the flood level? Well, well if it, if well, it the changed one with the dam where where the dam bursts and the water level goes. That was up. four. Because <laughs> I like played that level once and said, oh, "I don't like this." That was an okay conquest map. Mm. I mean, the flood thing doesn't always happen, which is one of the reasons why it, you know didn't sure. matter. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you're gonna make me want. Uh, in fairness, my Bing search for for Battlefront maps isn't showing much good results. Not I, I just specific wanted, enough. Yeah, no, not 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 like that one we found for Team Fortress last week, where I had a nice breakdown of all the maps and when they came out and stuff like I'm that. I'm sure there must be a Battlefield wiki somewhere that has a map list. Oh, you'd hope. <laughs> Battlefield man looks thing up on phone. <laughs> Oh, I've remembered another Battlefield 3 map. It was the one with the antenna. Wasn't that 4? No, it was the big antenna in the middle that, that oh, yes. over and crush things. Yes. 
Yeah, the big tower. Yeah, the big tower. Yeah, yeah. That was before fall when, the, oh, when yes. it became a thing. Yeah, no, that was the, the big, the big sort of grassy plains level where one base was basically on top of a hill, yeah. and the other one was just a giant air base the other side of yeah. the map. Yeah, yeah, no, I remember that one. All right, so here we go. Here is the list of like um um uh, well, I found 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 a wikia. Yeah, as you do. Oh, I no. hate wikis. Oh, no, so on. bad. Oh, no, Their wait, website is just that system is awful. Hang on, this doesn't actually factor out DLC levels, so this is all of them. I, I remember Karg being something. <laughs> remember K H A R G Karg. That was a level. Demavand Dem- Peak. That sounds like that. Wait, no, there was one. There was one in the desert in like an oil field, wasn't there? Like this little. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that little oil thing in the middle with the like there's a weird military base off to the side for no reason I should have remembered that because that was the, the first time we encountered a like super pro cheaters right that were standing at either end of the map with like SMGs headshot no everyone. that was wasn't that the, the first time we had the super pros was on the on that weird map with the tunnel through the mountain oh that, yes no that was a level as well wasn't it where the tropic could fly over the mountain and you base jumped in yeah yeah or was that four no that, no, was, that was definitely three yeah we you coming down the mountains Caspian border? Oh, no, that might have been the the grassy one you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is real fascinating. Yep. Uh, <laughs> pipeline. Might pipeline be. must be that desert one. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> oh, Talama- oh, the marketplace. Oh, right, Oh, yeah. no, the marketplace. That was a good level. The desert maps. I remember yeah. some of them now. <laughs> Tehran as well. Yeah. So, okay. But yeah. there wasn't... There Not was, a great deal, actually. Yeah. Thinking about Still it. Still like nine-ish. <laughs> In that region. Yeah, so maybe that's all right. Maybe. Maybe that's all right. I'm, 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 tr- I'm just trying... To be honest, I'm trying to gauge, are we going in on this? Well, yeah, <laughs> like, that is the question. Because... I mean, to be honest, Kippers wasn't too infused about going in on Infinite Warfare, so that might free up my budget to allow <laughs> for a battlefield. And, you know, there's Titanfall 2, let's not forget that as well. Mm-hmm. Have you got any, any inklings towards Titanfall, Dan, this year? Uh, no, not until it's out. I mean, I'm, I'm probably more inclined to play Overwatch, to be honest. Like, how many maps are they going to be playing Titanfall 2? <laughs> well, to be honest, I'm actually, you know, like, the campaign is a big draw for me in Titanfall 2. I really, really want to see what that's like. I mean, if that's actually good, I'd probably mm. play the campaign, yeah. But, I mean, there's no prior that. evidence that it could, of anything. I want to see if that robot has feels. But it's just like... Is it going to be that different from a battlefield campaign, really? No, well, it's well. No, actually, what you should be looking for is: is it going to be any different from a Call of Duty campaign? Well, it being made by Respawn. You know? No, it's like it's under EA, though, right? So it must be like the same. But it's not same nice. amount. Well, no, but it's the same. I like. I guess EA would probably have an idea of like what a single campaign, single player campaign, should be in terms of like size and. Scope. I, don't, I don't know if we should factor e, uh, EA into that. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, yeah. But I don't think... I don't think in Titanfall the campaign would would be that interesting in terms of like using the mechanics of the game. Cause it's the not going to be like a Halo campaign, is it? Let's face it. Well, no. <laughs> the whole point of Titanfall's mechanics is it was about that weird like team combat deathmatch mechanic. It's all about getting your titan in order to 
fight the other Titans. <laughs> and you inevitably do that in the single player, but it probably won't be the same when it's controlled by AI. Well, it'll just be like set pieces, won't it? Like the campaign will just be set pieces, like in the well, same yeah, way like, like Call of like Duty. Is. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think Call of Duty can pull off the set piece moment. You find yourself like in, in that diner in Modern Warfare 2 being like hunted down by lots of people from all angles, and then there's a well, sniper yeah, section then and then in, a... in Call of Duty it's like it's actually different from the multiplayer well, they whereas in Titanfall 2 Titanfall it feels it's like they already have the multiplayer idea and now they're trying to turn that into a, it's like Battlefield you've got the multiplayer thing that you're trying to turn into a single player rather than effectively the other way around and where it's like they took the single player Call of Duty and like stripped it down into multiplayer but then that became its own thing I'm sure but I think the weird thing about Battlefield is, is they probably could just make a good campaign if they wanted to, right? Like, I didn't think but it three but and the, four were that terrible. I mean, they were yeah, know, they, they weren't well acted it, or anything. It, but it, <laughs> oh, no, yeah, no, that aside, but they're, structurally they're, they were okay. Yeah, and the AI was terrible and that kind of stuff. And but was, AI is always terrible in single player FPSs. They just run towards you and shoot some. I don't think that's true. Like Halo, flank you. Yeah, they, Halo is the one example that anyone's ever had, and that's like that's Half Life. That doesn't really. I don't. They're not that intelligent, but they do. They do flank a bit, don't they? The spec ops guys. Well, like barely. It's just like you can. All you you talk about like Halo and Half Life, and at this point, that's the equivalent of still saying like still saying it's something amazing when enemies dive out of the way of grenades. It's just like (laughs) we should have progressed from that point somewhat. I don't know. I I felt like Halo Five was like there was there were some moments where it's like oh no, I've I've been outsmarted here. Like these elites are behind me. Like and I didn't see that coming, mm. and it's uh, well, maybe I guess. how how that came to that scenario. I guess is always the bit you just don't know. Well, yeah, it's like they could have just spawned back. <laughs> maybe, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, they, they they feel smart, and you're right. Call of Duty bad guys don't generally feel smart, and you know, Titanfall will do that thing where there's going to be a lot of fodder around as well as other pilots. Well, especially fight, once you, know. you actually get in a Titan. Sure. Well, I well, don't forget the like the normal grunt guys. If you're a pilot and there's these grunts hanging about, but then the story is about you being a grunt that becomes a pilot in part. Yeah. So it's you know, I think they could do stuff if they're not afraid to perhaps bend the rules from what they're doing in multiplayer. Like not necessarily in terms of movement or the guns or anything like that, but in terms of like little things like well, maybe even movement. You might not have a pilot suit, stuff like that. I think there are things they could do to keep that interesting as you progress um, well, and the idea that it has to progress is sort of a problem as well when you like it's in multiplayer you progress within this like two minute match <laughs> whereas if you're in single player you're like oh we're going to have the first two levels be you're just on foot with regular boring ass guns <laughs> like can you stretch it out too much <laughs> i mean there's a there's a lot you can do in story and pacing and like what you're fighting and how you're fighting them. You know, it's like any campaign. That's exactly what a campaign is. I don't see why they would be necessarily bad. I guess if you suppose you've never played a COD campaign and it's like in theory that's the I've same. I've played some parts of COD campaign. Oh okay. Right. So there's 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 elements of that in theory and those good like they all handle the same. They all sort of like you're just a dude on the ground shooting other dudes as you try and get somewhere. With the possible exception of Gillies in the Mist. Yeah. Um or you're stuck somewhere and you have to hunker down until something happens. You know, it's like they're, they're all those games, but somehow they still kind of work. Oh, until there's like a traffic sequence, like run across this road. Or, you know, I always liked that, uh, um, the level with the, the club in, in Black Ops 2. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Or there was the mysterious flooding level. That was kind of fun. You know, yeah, stuff you can do. 
none of that appears in the multiplayer. No, exactly. And it's like, but that's fine. It, And, you know, also there's inevitably with any campaign, there's going to be hilarious narrative dissonance between the multiplayer, where it's like, oh, sure. In the single player, it's, you've got this one Titan and you, it has a personality and you have to protect it because it's like, it's yours. It's not just like, I'm going to get a new one in two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it, that is frankly quite bizarre, isn't it, about Titan Falls multiplayer, but I suppose it has to be. Well, it it wasn't really bizarre because they made up a universe where that could happen. Where they were just ships with like... Where they just of, had yeah. Titan factories and they shit them out continuously. And yeah. it's like... They didn't, so in this campaign, it's like, what, you're, you know, they're going to contrive some way where you're like stranded with like limited resources or whatever, I'm sure. Well, you know, <laughs> the frontier is now cut off. I guess. But that's not going to stop the multiplayer grabbing Titans every two minutes. <laughs> no. <laughs> Bit of hype for Titanfall. Yeah, hype. Yeah, sorry, I went off on a tangent there. Yeah. Try, try, try what have you been playing, man? Well, yeah, who's doing it? Who's doing it? Are you asking? Uh, you go, Rob. All right. Uh, I've been carrying on with GTA. I'm at the bit. I think. Well, I'm I'm a little way past the bit I saw at uh with that I'd, I had seen before uh where. Things have gone bad because Trevor's an idiot, and yep. and you're you know flying planes into planes. Oh yeah, that was fun. So quite uh, dumb. Yeah, as it turns out, an utterly pointless mission. <laughs> it's just like, wow, you say you had this really nice set piece moment that means nothing, and I'm beginning to get a bit fed up of that in terms of the actual sort of game's structure. Yeah, the story. Yeah, you're just doing a lot of stuff that means nothing, and. Yeah, kinda. Yeah. But at this point at this point in the game, it's like nothing really feels like anything, or like it feels just a bit pointless. And Franklin seems to have disappeared into the background as a character, and Yeah, I don't know, something that just feels off at the moment. Like anything interesting they were doing suddenly then seems to have been a bit scarpered. It's like, hey, let's just throw this extra other wrinkle in so the characters all have to be somewhere else for a while and, and, and yeah, I don't know. I'm still massively impressed by that world, but the, you know, my problems with the actual like gameplay being what it is, being a little too guided in places, being a little too formulaic, perhaps by now, and mm. uh, and the story just being, you know, it's, it's quite a mess. <laughs> actually, it's a bit all over the shop, isn't it? But, yeah, I mean, it's got a lot going on, I suppose. Yeah, so I'm setting up for the small bank heist, which I'm, you know, hoping is a bit more of a thing because it seems like it might be a little. Have more you seen that heist? I have not. I know okay. nothing about what goes on in it. Okay. Other than... It's a good one. Uh, yeah. I've only done that first recce mission that I'd seen before. Like, yeah. Um, it is not what you expect. So okay, have great. fun. Enjoy that one. Great. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Well, yeah, the heists are clearly like some of the best stuff. But Yeah. Yeah. Apart from maybe that one with the submarine. That was a bit naff. But... Yeah. I mean... I feel like that might be more fun than when you're fighting your way onto the ship. But yeah, me, probably. Yeah. Anyway, there wasn't, there wasn't really anything to this one, I guess. Yeah, it's yeah. all set up, isn't it, for that one? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So yeah. So you know, I have problems there, and also I'm like, you know, what thirty odd hours into this now, and yeah. I'm just like, okay, how much more is there to it? Like, it feels like I'm halfway, 
and I'm not sure what or how much of a guide that is, but that's what it feels like. Probably like are, my percentage yeah. count is like fifty percent. I don't know. You shouldn't go with that because that's like the the GTA one hundred percent thing, not a story percentage. Well, that seems but... really high. Yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think you're probably over halfway through the story if you're there, but not like massively near the end. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm tiring. I think I'm tiring. I'm fatiguing. Mm. Fair dues. Which I'm not sure I expected to happen. I'll yeah. see what you think of that heist, and then... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I'll keep going. There's stuff to do. Is it Maud, the person that sends you like texts with an image of where to find people? Oh, yeah, her, yeah. I, 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 was... I found like one, because it was easy. Like, like oh, that, that looks like the quarry. Great, I'll go there. And the second one she sent me, it's like, I have no idea where that is. That's just an aerial photograph of what could be bloody anywhere on the map. Yeah, I basically missed all those when I did it the first time around. I think even the less, last time around, I, I only did the quarry one, you know, after I'd pretty much finished the rest of the game. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, it's just not enough clue to go on. It's like there's a bit of lump in road, and it's like, well, like I could scan the entire map looking for the same lump in road, mm. which I did for a little bit of time, and then I went, no, I can't see it. Yeah. Well, no. screw this then. I don't, I don't know quite. Maybe I'll casually drive past it if I'm lucky. I think that's all you can hope for, really. Yeah. So, I mean, bit... apart from looking it up on the internet. But sure. Yeah. But that sucks. Yeah, I'm not really doing that. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I've had a couple of moments of, like, just sheer jank. You know, and again, I, I, some of it I think I mentioned last time where things have just sort of failed or just gone wrong for, like, I, what just happened? Mm. I, I, I don't know what I did. Or I've like just something else has happened somewhere else and it's just gone no you failed you didn't do this thing and it's like do what do what thing i don't I don't know what just happened what um just a little bit of that but uh yeah oh i'll keep going obviously but like i'll, I'll maybe play it a bit less um mm. just keep it burning in the background um and I guess the other major thing I've been playing a reasonable amount of is that Red Out game we mentioned at the end of the last podcast. Oh, yeah. I was too tempted. It's like people were saying good things about it, future racing. Like, this is my bag. I should try this. Uh, yeah, so Red Out, uh, for, for if, you, if you didn't listen last week, is is basically appeared out of nowhere from Italian Studio 34 Big Things and uh, sort of trying to position itself as, hey, we liked Wipeout and F-Zero. We wanted to make one of those, so here you go. Mm. And, uh, yeah, didn't really have much fanfare leading up to its release and then just suddenly appeared. And I need a cough real bad. (coughs) (coughs) And, uh, yeah, so it's a very, very fast future racing game with an interesting style. Uh, like, so it's, it's, you know, it goes for a, a sort of uh, an unshaded polygonal look to its world and things like okay. that. It's set in real places like Egypt and Alaska and stuff like that, but all of its graphics, like, a, it's a bit like the um, massive chalice look, I guess. That's sort mm. of like they specifically go in of like, well, no, we're not going to shade behind b- between triangles. You're going to see all the triangles in this world. Um, mm. Which sort of comes off as cool at some angles, but cheap from others. Like the world itself looks kind of nice in this style, but some of the craft look just look a bit basic. Right. Um, 
and there's some like fake science going on where like bits of craft like don't have to be attached to each other so there'll, there'll be like flaps like in, just in midair on some of the ships and stuff like that and but there is straight up a pod racer like one of the craft is basically a pod racer <laughs> so, right. so that's kind of cool um uh yeah so they go with that style it is uh and it, yeah, yeah it runs well it's uh, it's super smooth it's, it's it's got a sort of saturated no man's sky sort of color palette to it um which you know you know it's a style it's got a style um problem is is that style is a little bit soulless uh, mm. and that kind of uh extends to the majority of the game um it's like it's, uh, it's a difficult one to talk about because there's nothing inherently wrong with the game like it handles well it handles consistently the track design is interesting um if a little bit spoiled by the fact that there's 20 tracks but they only exist in four different environments um which is a little bit against the rule book for like future racing games um so that they do kind of blend into each other a little bit mm. um but there's nothing really wrong with the design like uh, it's uh, but it just it just seems to lack an edge it lacks lacks that visceral hell yeah feeling that games like fast racing and f-zero have um uh, and, and to, to a certain extent wipeout had to you know, wipeout never had that sort of hell yeah feeling i guess it was like it was just a technical achievement kind of thing but because this this prefers to play its racing faster rather than floatier so wipeout is very floaty this yeah. tends to be very like you're traveling at high speeds so you need to get your lines right yo you need to be coming into the turn miles so in advance grippy. at the right angle, and right. you're 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 fairly grippy. Yeah, some craft drift more than others, um, but there are ways of like counteracting that and stuff. And, and um, there, there is a skill to it. Don't get me wrong. Like you, you know, you're plan. You, you might have to plan a few turns ahead in some of the more complicated parts of the track if you're going to get away without hitting walls. There are lines. There are there are ways to be better at this game. Um, which I appreciate. And some of the tracks are really bloody difficult to, to learn because some of the turns are a little bit blind and like until you've done it a few times, uh, it's a bit tricky and it does have a little, a little, um, ace up its sleeve, which is unique in that you have to, uh, if you're traveling uphill or up, you know, up, up curves or down curves, you have to pitch your nose, uh, along with the track. Um, so if you're going up up too much of a, an incline, your nose may dig into the floor of the track, causing you damage and slowing you down. So you have to be aware of to, to pitch up when you're going up a loop the loop or something. Um, um, likewise, if you do it the uh, if you don't do it the other way around, like you're going through like a like a, a the outside of a loop or you know that kind of you're going over the crest of a hill uh, type slope. Uh, you you can red out, hence the name of the game. Ah, so your, okay. your 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 screen will go very crimson and making it harder to see. Doesn't make any sense. That's what a red out is, right? Blood going to your head. Yes, but pushing your nose down when you were going over oh, here would no. make it worse. Yeah, not yeah, no, it, yeah. In, in that concept, it makes no sense. Yeah, but <laughs> it, it, it's it's just a mechanic, <laughs> and it's so it, it and at the clip that the game runs, managing all of that on some tracks is challenging, and I like that. That's like that's where there's sort of like, there is a there's a there's a there's a purity in being able to pull all that stuff off and pull it pull it off well. And when you get it, you're like, yeah, okay, I managed that. Um, uh, which is which is I guess where the, where your enjoyment of the game is going to lie. If you're that sort of player, if you l- like sort of perfecting a run um, without the game necessarily requiring you to, but 
that you know that's what that's what this game is about. It, it's it's about doing doing its thing and doing its thing well, and you kind of have to be a little bit self motivated to play yeah. it like that. Yeah. Um. And the music's so so. The you know the the general style of the menus is a bit so so. There's uh there's some variety in the event in the event types, but they all kind of blend into just go fast. Um, just race well. Um, I guess the one the one trick that it has, which is kind of unique as well in terms of like its rate its its race types, uh, it has this thing that it calls boss events. Um, so and this may explain why they've decided to make many tracks in the same environment because what happens is is when you're uh, in a boss event, instead of doing you know just three laps of the same track, what you do is you do uh, a single lap. It's basically a lap of every single one of the courses connected by portals. Uh, okay. Well, and they load instantly. Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no loading pause between them. They're just portal. You portal into the next zone, and suddenly you're on the next track. Um, like, and they'll be like in-world portals. So they'll be like rendered like you know, portal portals. <laughs> um, with a bit of fuzziness going on in between, but like it's a smooth transition and stuff, and suddenly you're on the next track, and it's like. So I think that may explain the design decision to put like five tracks in an environment, so they can string them all together without mm. having to uh, load too many resources. And uh, yeah, on my machine, I get a full one twenty frame rate clip out of it, and it's as I said, there's there's nothing inherently wrong with it. It's just doesn't quite impart that feeling that I look mm. for. I'm going to keep playing it. But, and uh, I did. I did want to check out what the online play was like, but no one's playing it, so mm, can't do that. <laughs> and you know, there's plenty of uh, you know the career structure is basically 75 events in the long chain, so there's plenty to go through there. I'm about halfway through it, I think. Um, and I haven't even got to the fastest class yet, and it's already pretty fast. Um, so yeah, read out. It's um. I think I could recommend it if it was half the price that it is. It's it's like it's twenty five quid, which I think is twice what it should be, given okay. that you know fast racing Neo is the better game and is about twelve quid. You know, on a, yeah, the platform on on Wii U. In fairness, <laughs> yeah, you need a Wii U to do that. Um, also, fast racing Neo DLC in a week, get hype. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's not bad. I I would quite like if I had a VR headset and it supports VR. I would quite like to give that a go. Yeah, that would be yeah interesting to say the least. Yeah, well, it's quite smooth playing, so I don't think it would actually impart that much queasiness. It's not like you're getting suddenly jolted about the place. It's very fast, but it's quite track design is very smooth. Ah, okay, very smooth, very smooth. Uh yeah, that's pretty much all I really want to talk about. Like, I, I guess we could talk about Rocket League's combat mode. Did we cover that last time? No, it was happening immediately after. Yeah, <laughs> it happened. Yeah, <laughs> it's bloody hilarious. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah, although, like, its main problem maybe is just like it's not balanced and it's probably not going to be because no. it's not meant to be a balanced competitive mode. It's just meant to be a dick around. So what's it called? It's, they called it rumble mode. Yeah. It? Yeah. So rocket league rumble mode is basically the same game, except every, was it 10, 10 seconds? seconds. Uh, or so you get given a random power up and that random power up does 
crazy stuff. Just got the obvious thing, like the boxing glove that just punts the ball away from you at whatever angle you're currently facing it. Or or the boot, which kicks another player out of the way. But it's got some other like the some other stuff, like the grappling hook is kind of fun. It's just like you you can attach it to the ball from like friggin' miles away, and then it just reels you into it. Um uh, and you, and it hit you, you land a hit on it from where whatever angle you then land on it. But the, the funny thing is is like if the ball then gets disrupted, like the grappling hook just keeps going. So whatever you had in mind is a bit messed up. But you just keep going, you're gonna hit it. It's like it's kind of funny. Maybe, like you just like maybe like, they could have made that grapple a bit faster. Maybe it's actually really slow. Yeah, and it's actually not very effective for making a hit because by the time you get to the ball, it's like you just you just like tap it because you're not actually going very quick. <laughs> no, but I find it really funny. Like if the ball like gets kicked miles and you're like reeling into it, but all of a sudden you find yourself reeling halfway across the map, and it's like, well, this isn't going to go right. Yeah, like, and you're like, oh no. I, I find that pretty funny. Um, and there's one to reel the ball in towards you, and there's a magnet that sort of has a a, a fudge, like you know, sort of like a gradual effect on pulling the ball towards you, and the spikes, which, well, the spikes which are the OP over, thing, yeah. yeah, completely overpowered and way too common. Yeah, I definitely it's, played against the team who had all their team got spikes from right, right. kickoff, <laughs> and they just <laughs> used them consecutively. Yeah. <laughs> so the spikes basically attach the ball to your car. For right. a, a period of time, so you can just walk it in. You can literally walk it in. <laughs> well, not literally. You, you've got you, you've got you wheels. Drive. <laughs> <laughs> you can drive it. You can and drive. also, like the other problem with spikes is like, it, if it's something that they can could fix, it seems like they could. But it, they should make it so that it's easier to knock the ball off with other power ups. Mm. Because the boxing glove does it sometimes, but it seems it's like one of those things where you have to hit it at like the right angle because of the way like the ball just reattaches to the spikes. If it doesn't, it's like really the spikes should just be if you take a hit of any kind, they stop. <laughs> that would make them more balanced. So, like, you know, yeah, makes sense. It's quite hard to dislodge the spikes, the ball from the spikes with any of the other power-ups that you have, like the boxing glove or the tornado or the magnet. Or mm. <laughs> like any of these, it would be nice if you could somehow... Yeah, if, if the boxing glove affected against spikes, that would, it, you'd pretty much be problem-solved there, right? Like, yeah, well, well... Yeah, if you had a boxing glove. Yes, exactly. Or maybe you could kick someone off. Well, yeah, the kick should yeah. also... Actually, I don't know if I've ever. Or would that be effective? The kick, or would that be effective enough to just like, oh well, they can't do what they're going to do now. Well, yeah, punted across the map. I mean, the theoretically, the kick should work better because it will push the car away from the ball. Maybe. <laughs> well, yeah, if it's attached, but yeah, or well, or just chuck the ball and car miles away, which <laughs> yeah, would still yeah, be good. Which is still work. <laughs> yeah. That, maybe that does work like that. Actually. Yeah, you're right. I don't I can't think really I actually remember trying that. Yeah. Still. It may be random, but it's quite a fun random. And a lot of people are still playing it. Yeah. Way more than all the normal modes. Mm. But it's not like, like the normal population in the normal modes hasn't really gone down, apparently, from what I've seen. It just seems like a bunch of extra people came back for it and have stuck around <laughs> just to play that. It's the people that had already just dropped off and they're just, they, you know, they've just come back to play Rumble. <laughs> yeah, but they still mm. seem to be sticking around for a while. It's still way more populated than every other mode put together, pretty much. Like well over twenty thousand people, hmm. and you get like ten thousand in three v three. Yeah, so that happened. Yep, and there was a bunch of other stuff in that patch that sort of some some 
stuff that's good and some stuff that you don't really care about, like crates. Yeah, crates are now a thing, you know, which you have to buy keys to unlock, but I guess that was inevitable. There's too few of them. That's the main problem. They Again, it's the same problem that lots of people have had in the past with, like, adding more con, especially free stuff, like adding more content and then, like, grouping it together. It's like, there's only two kinds of crate, and that's just not exciting after mm. you've seen two crates. <laughs> You get one of each, and then you're like, well, that's, I'm just going to get duplicates of these, and I don't really care about anything that's in them, because there's not enough selection of what's in them. Yeah, it's not like they make content very fast, is it? In no. The Rocket League, so it's like, well, there you go, that's, that's, that's what we have right now. Although some of the stuff in those crates is kind of cool. Kind of. I mean, some of it. Some of the boost trails. Yeah. Sort of. Except, except they're inherently not cool because everyone fucking has them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the classic so, other problem with that situation of yeah. unlocking stuff out of crates is like everything instantly becomes incredibly uncool because literally everyone in the entire universe has it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stick to my, uh, my my hat and rose combo. Thanks. Yes, yeah. I'm the underclassy gentleman player. Yep. Classy gentleman, Rocket League. So yeah, still playing Rocket League. I still can. I played it a lot as I continue to do. <laughs> yep. I can't get any higher in Bioshock map, effectively. Oh yeah, Rob's wish has been granted, which he said maybe on the podcast or maybe not. I don't remember. They're making another normal map. Yay! <laughs> it's an underwater one. Yay! Which seems like a missed opportunity. If it was literally underwater, that might have been interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Physics. Or what? I, wait, yeah, but you could do that in. Presumably with those settings. Well, yeah, right? yeah. you could, but they'd make it legit. <laughs> Man, yeah. That could be quite odd. But no, it's just underwater. No, I'm, I'm happy with that. That's fine. It's fine, but... yeah, It's a cool, it's a cool idea for a thing. Yeah. Is it, like, actually, actually Bioshock, or are they just, like... No, just, well, like, like the trailer made it look a bit sort of art deco and... Well, presumably it has, like, a stadium... <laughs> As well, yeah. like there's some kind of underwater CV area. <laughs> yeah. So there's going to be some kind of Bioshock esque element to it. That's, that's a fun pastiche. And, and two random cars that supposedly meant to look like submersibles, except they sort of don't really. <laughs> right. Or one of them kind of does. Well, one of them just needs to be a cylinder. <laughs> yeah, you could yeah. do the James Bond car, the Lotus. They didn't do yeah, that. Yeah, but that's just a car. <laughs> Yeah, but it turns into a submarine. Yeah, but that's basically an equivalent to the DeLorean. Yeah, like yeah. how it turns into the hover version. Yeah, just put a propeller on the back, it's fine. Okay. I don't I don't seem to be able to get any higher than my rank in freeze. I think I found the rank. You which means it. we're probably not going to get to blue in oh, our team. No. I mean maybe we could, because team is slightly different. It like the guess, whole yeah. mechanic of having an actual team who can should work be, together. Should, should be a benefit, yeah. <laughs> Should. But I can't get any higher in solo. It's kind of annoying. It's mainly like it's mainly annoying because I get I I've got a lot of time where I'm exactly on the boundary between two divisions. So every game I just go up and down where I win <laughs> yeah, and lose right. alternately. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not sure, but it seems like there's like too much of a differentiation between those two divisions that I keep changing between. It's like when I'm in Division 3 of Elite, I I get teams of only Elites. And when I'm in v- Division 2 of Elite, I get teams of almost all the next Division down. Right. I mean, next tier down, whatever yeah, yeah, it's called. Yeah. 
Challenger 3. And it's like, why does that, why is it always that way so differentiated between Division 2 and Division 3? Seems like the cutoff is a bit harsh. Should mix them in a bit more. Or maybe, I mean, I wouldn't think you should even see that many Challenger 3s in Division 2 of the next tier up. Because mm. that's like, there's a whole other division lower than that that they could be in. But anyway, it doesn't really matter. I just, you just win and then lose, <laughs> ultimately, and it's fine. And stay in exactly the same rank forever. Uh, very briefly, just to wrap up what I've done, and I'm still, I'm st- I just want to say I'm still dabbling in Overwatch. Yeah. Like, that game still manages to hold me. Um, despite, you know, the, the concerns about content updates. I, I guess the one bit of news regarding Overwatch is they, they started rolling out, uh, high bandwidth servers now. So if you, uh, what there was a previous like little kerfuffle over like, hey, if you're creating custom matches, you can you can uh, tell the server tick rate to be much higher. Well, yeah, like Team Fortress essentially. Yeah, um, and like then players well, when they spot that, it's like, well, why isn't the official tick rate this high? And it's like, well, Blizzard basically came out and said for compatibility reasons and to make the console version work, yada yada yada. Um, so now if all players in a in a in a server can can handle a high bandwidth mode the server will just swap to start to do that which in theory reduces the whole you know the classic leading problem with with online shooters it doesn't seem like a good idea to have it automatically switch though because it's just like does it switch mid-game yeah, yeah or can you get used to one of them and then be completely fucked see, when I, it switches to the other well see i think you can because like since since it's happened like i've been playing nothing but high bandwidth games it seems yeah. and for a while yeah my aim was off like noticeably, like I was, I was screwing up more frequently than I was expecting, um, and that could just be me having a bad day. But it seemed quite appropriately timed to to this thing rolling out. Um, I've since got over that, and it's been you know it's been fine. But it did feel different briefly. It just seems like a weird way of like fucking with people's skill in a like in a non-controlled way. Yeah. Still, I've got used to the new map as well. Icon Welder. Uh, that, that map's good. Yeah, it took a little bit of getting used to because it's a bit more curvy. I get well, not curvy, a bit more convoluted in its design. It's a little less obvious to see where it's where things are going. But once you get used to it, it's fine. Uh, yeah, good level. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still in that game's. That game's really good. Like really good. And, you know, given that Dan said you might be interested in playing it, come on, come <laughs> join the gorilla side. Yeah. Don't, though, because gorilla sucks. Winston's all right. In, cer- in certain circumstances, he's not good at everything. Well, but, obviously. Or that often, though, I find that. Well, yeah. But, there are, <laughs> but yeah, he's, 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 he's exactly what you need in some cases. But, yeah, play Overwatch. Join us, or join me, and then maybe Zach will join us out of peer pressure. Pressure, 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 pressure. What are you playing? I'm doing Dad's job, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> what are you playing? There you go. <laughs> All is right. Well, I mean, I continue to play Factorio because those those last four achievements... Which aren't difficult. I continue to take forever to actually do. I managed to do two of them this week, so I guess I'm getting close to that actually. Being done. There. It was just a lot of setup. That's the trouble with them. Because they're, they're just 
well, the three three of them are like production over time, and you know you just have to expand to a certain point. But then there's also an element of like basically having to turn everything on at the same time, because like I typically in a factory I'll have bits where it's like where you know this part of the factory isn't doing anything because it's I don't need any more of whatever it's making for a while. <laughs> But in order to make, in order to just get to this production target, it's like let's just jiff it and just turn everything on by making them massively overproduce and just see if we can actually get to these achievement values because they are totally unnecessary. It's like I, it's way more stuff than I actually need. Mm. But if I can just turn everything on simultaneously, yeah, just spew it out somewhere, sack it in a container. Hmm. So I did that. Did two of those, and the third one should be doable once I get some more oil going. That'll be fine. And then the fourth one is like just the, it's pure production, like not, not per time. It's just the total. Mm. And that one's just a matter of, you know, while you're running it for a while. I guess while you're going for the others, you're sort of en route. To yeah, building that up. So, yeah. except it's a very, very high number. Yeah. And it was downscaled at some point as well, I think, because it used to be higher, but then they realized it was ridiculous. <laughs> it's like make 20 million green circuits and it, and it, it's, it counts up. Like across saves or whatever, it's total total ever, right? <laughs> and I'm still only at like five million. <laughs> oh jeez! I mean, that's not you know, it's not like that's every game effect where I've ever played. That's only since Steam achievements existed. Oh right, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, because I guess you were in before and unmodded also. Yeah. Oh right, right. Yeah. Achievements turn off if you if you've got any mods on. So yeah, you know, this on this one. That one game that I'm playing to get the achievements, that one map has made three million of that five million. So okay, I only need to. I can. So it's a pretty good rate. Yeah, I can probably quite easily at least double the amount of production that I've got going at the moment, and then <coughs> probably only take fucking ten more hours. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my god! But at that, that point, it really will be like a pure podcast game because I won't even have to play the game. I can pretty much just leave it running. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Bit like those um, Gears of War seriously achievements or whatever, we're getting like a ridiculous number of multiplayer kills or something. Well, that's like that's a bit more involved. Yeah, you actually have to be playing to get those. Yeah. So yeah, I might finally get those goddamn achievements done. And it sounds like, well, the, the update situation has got weird. They still there's still this idea that it's going to be finished by the end of the year. And then, it still, it's not early access anymore, is it? No, it yeah, is. It, it is, is yeah. but like weird early access, I guess. It's, it's, it's in the same situation as, I don't know, maybe in Factory, where it's like, it's pretty much done, except it's not quite actually done. Yeah. <laughs> We've got some expansion stuff planned. But then, so it was weird because the, the idea of point one four, which is the next patch, was going to have a bunch of content in, but has basically been turned purely into like a background like multiplayer rewrite like right. the, the back end systems so that's it. and then all the content has been shifted over into like point one five. but point one five is still meant to come out before the end of the year so these two that it's like you you they only made point one four purely because the multiplayer thing is basically done and you might as well put that out mm. <laughs> it's like it doesn't need to be a separate patch it just it's going to be mm. So yeah, we're, we'll see if they do make it to the end of the year and then say that it's done. I'm still not convinced because it's getting quite close to the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And 0.14 still isn't actually out, so <laughs> we'll see. 
apparently they made them like the multiplayer code or whatever in the uh, that they've rewritten is quite ridiculous where it can support like 300 players it's like I'm not sure why you'd ever want to do that it doesn't seem to, i mean people have suggested well yeah but what if you had 150 teams of two people and they were all making their own bases it's like well yes that would theoretically be a thing you could do except there's not really any reason to still i mean you can theoretically have pvp in Factorio, but it's not designed in any way. It's like even the tower defense aspect of defending against the alien attacks is barely a thing that you have to worry about ever. Mm. <laughs> you just build a wall and put some towers behind it, and then you're done. So, so yeah. only extending the wall, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, I don't like. I can't imagine why you'd want that many players ever, really, except for it to be funny. <laughs> so that. Uh, and then I guess it seems like we should talk about it, but we haven't because it's been more than two weeks. Yeah. Technically. Yeah. But I did actually go into Project High Rise. As, oh, I, yes. as I mentioned at the very last moment at the yeah. end of the last podcast when it appeared on Steam <laughs> pretty much at that exact time. So I got into that and played it a bunch. And, you know, it's basically. Ending video. Oh, yeah. We made a video of it, right? Oh, cool. Uh, but it's basically. Exactly how City Skylines is trying to replicate SimCity. It's like Project High Rise is trying to represent Sim Tower in the exact same way that, like, they don't quite succeed in emulating the simulation as much. <laughs> it's oh, like, no. it's basically like Sim Tower, except it doesn't simulate the elevators, which is pretty much the entire point it's of Sim Tower. It's like been fucking 20 years. Why can't they? Uh. <laughs> I mean, it's still fine and it still has, like, you know, elements that make you know you have the you have essentially the sim tower progression of unlocking higher class whatever you call them structures i don't know what you call them rooms i guess yeah tenants floor space yeah tenants so you unlock the higher level stuff and then the higher level stuff requires more services and auxiliary things and then you have to design but it runs into the essentially the same problem that Sindar has again, where it's, you, where you have to know in advance what the stuff at the, uh, the high tier is going to need, so you can leave enough space beforehand. Like oh, you have yeah. to, you already have to know what the end game is going to be like in order so that you don't screw yourself through the early game, right? <laughs> or to have to demolish it. a bunch of stuff in order to make room for the stuff that you need at the end. So yeah, it's the same. Just build up. Yeah, but then it leads to other problems with, like, you know, it's not as pronounced in Project High Rise as Sintow, but, like, height and travel time has a factor. Oh, right, okay. Because obviously it's not as pronounced because it doesn't simulate the elevators, which was why it got, why it was bad in Sintow. Mm. It's like why officers didn't like being high up in in Sintow is because of the travel time of the elevators and they'd all get crowded and then it'd fire everything up. (laughs) Right, yeah, they wouldn't get to work late. Yeah. Whereas in this, it doesn't matter so much, but there, you know, there's still certain buildings that prefer to be high up. Or the other mechanic that this has is like certain rooms create noise or sa- uh, noise or smells, and then certain rooms don't like being next to noise or smell, or certain rooms don't like being too close to an elevator or too far away from an elevator, or in a place where lots of people walk past all the time, or <laughs> that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So there is some amount of planning ahead of your layout to think what needs to go where. I suppose that's the classic problem that all games of this type do, and that that is 
fixed. Yeah, essentially. It's light, there's like no, Factorio. There's, there's, no, there's, there's, there's a no, solution. Yeah, there's no... Except, evolve- I mean, there is some element of making it better or worse and like adapting to the level constraints, but at some point it's always the same pro- progression yeah, for a tech there's, tree. No, there's, there's no evolving solution to it. Which is, I think, what management games really need. So there's... That's why the SimCity of... ones were better in general because SimCity is a bit more open, mm. like just just like physically. I'm just because like like maybe that's the thing that management games generally get wrong, right? That, that management is the in, in in real life is the process of dealing with evolving problems. Well, uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, to some extent, that's difficult to make. It. Happen in a it's oh, like, sure, yeah, it's mechanically it, it, tricky, right? Well, it's mechanically tricky because the you have to make the problems and then the problems mm. become a set, and then you can just know what all the problems are. Yeah, <laughs> There's guess, no way yeah. to make actual, like, unusual events like just randomly generated out of code. I mean, I expect you probably could, I guess, you, I guess you might need to have like some sort of way this will be very game dependent on modeling multiple types of problems and how they actually may combine or interact with each other is where the depth comes from because it's like oh no worry we're having this thing and you're combining it with this thing yeah and it's like and that's really harsh I mean, or in a very specific way or something or i mean there's some elements of that in prison architect i guess once they started introducing their equivalent of yeah. disasters. I'll be honest, yeah, Prison Architect <laughs> seems to be like the closest one I've seen for a while that actually has these, uh, like some of that. But it's um, because, like. Also, did you know there's a PS4 version? Yeah. Well, there's console, big console versions for Yeah, quite a while. I, I, I didn't realise that. It's like, that, does that play well on a controller? Apparently it's okay. Okay. Hmm. But, like, with Prison Architect's disasters, it's, a lot of them are. The disasters are designed only to make your prisoners annoyed. Because <laughs> right. that's like the your the actual building of stuff in prison architect doesn't matter so much after a certain point once you actually start getting a decent income. You're like, I've just got money so I can spend it when I'm ready to to build new wings and stuff and all that stuff. So the disasters are designed to just make pe- make the prisoners annoyed so you have to deal with the riots and that's like the mechanic of that game. Right, yeah. So you've got like... When, when, and, you know... The same problem applies where once you are aware of what all the potential disasters are, you can just design around them. Where it's like, oh, my power station might shut down, so I should probably have a backup power station that I only have there to exist to turn on when the first one breaks. Or, like, the kitchen might set on fire because I've now enabled the ability for there to be the disaster where the kitchen can set on fire, so I'll just build sprinklers. (laughs) Technically, kitchens can set on fire for other reasons in... Prison, I think prisoners can set shit on fire if they want, but they mm. virtually never do. Mm. <laughs> fire so, is not really that much of a problem in prison, I think, most of the time. And you know, and then I do, have a, I do have a slight interest in playing that. It's one of those things I could probably get away with playing when I'm away, like from home. Mm. Like you know, it doesn't, I, don't need, I don't need a powerhouse laptop to play no. it or something like that. Until your prison gets quite big, I guess. <laughs> but then I'm sort of using my 3ds for that. Yes. I vaguely started playing theatre. I noticed because of your street pass, said so. Yeah. <laughs> How are you finding that? I mean, are I'm, you I'm, finding I'm, it I'm, unusually difficult compared to like what you think it should be? Because only if I up it to ultimate mode. Yeah. If I put <laughs> exactly. it in expert mode, it seems quite easy. Yes. If I put it in ultimate mode, and it's like, why can I not deal with this? No. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like 
it should be as hard as it is. Like, like I just can't see the indicators. It's a, it's a very abrupt just, jump. Yeah, in, in difficulty. Yeah, and basic mode is so easy. Yeah, it's like what, what even is this? Um, yeah, I've told him talking because I really have only just touched the start of it. I mean, I'm basically in the middle of my first quest, so mm. it's like, yeah, I'll come back to that. I won't talk about it yet. Okay, I've been playing some Metro Odyssey on my 3DS. I guess still that's been continuing. Still, still mapping. It's still, a, you know, it's a weird sort of classic RPG balance problem where it doesn't really give you any warning about what level you should be at a certain point. Right. And that can sometimes be worse. Like, there's what the boss that I'm about to do, I've already failed once because I walked in there and it just shoves you straight into the boss fight. Oh, right. There's no dungeon. There, there wasn't any, like... Because sometimes you can see the... Well, because you can occasionally see boss monsters on the map. They're a special type of enemy, essentially. They're visible and they move around. And those have, like, different colored icons, depending on how theoretically difficult they are. <laughs> Even though sometimes that's wrong, as I discovered on a couple of cases. But in this specific boss, it was like it was behind a closed door and you walk in the room. And then there's a sequence where you just walk up to it. And I was like, well, I wasn't really prepared for this. It's, uh, it's too high level for me. <laughs> and now I'm fucked. And then I lost my save because I hadn't saved for ages because you have to leave the entire dungeon to save. So I lost, like, an hour of progress in that dungeon oh, wow. and had to redraw the map for it and all that that's stuff. That's long dungeon. Yeah. I mean, you can save in the dungeon, but it's a temporary save. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's deleted when you reload. Yeah. A bit, a bit like Ninty's weird... Well, yeah, like, like they keep doing that a lot in a lot of the 3DS games that they help with, I suppose. Yeah, and it, it makes sense to have, a, have some sort of save anywhere system, right? Like, if well, I mean, like, theoretically, like theoretically that, you could just close the lid on the 3DS and... Yeah, I know, but they're, like, Fags to Street Fast and things like that, or Picross's Dailies. It's like there are reasons to have to jump at. Yeah, I guess. And it's like I, I like the and you know your batteries might run out. Sure, I, I like the, the the games that put a save anywhere feature in, even if it is like a temporary save. And the other trouble I'm I had, okay with that. the other trouble I had with Veteran Odyssey for a while was it's also quite like it also doesn't really explain some some. Well, it sort of tries to explain it in tutorial elements sometimes, but then there, there's like things that are too subtle for how main they should be. Like, then I got to this second part of this dungeon I was working on. It's like, oh, this this second floor is probably too high level. You should probably go to this other small dungeon and train up over there for a while. I was like, well, yeah, you've done this before, so I'll probably go and do that. Because mm. that dungeon will be a level appropriate and I can level up quicker and all that kind of stuff. So I tried to go over there and it's guarded by a ed- big enemy that patrols around it on the map, on the overworld. And as soon as you go close, it runs up to you and attacks you, and it's way that enemy specifically is way higher level, and you're like, okay, so there's got to be a trick to get past this thing. And it very vaguely mentions in a conversation you have with someone somewhere that I already forgot where the fuck it was because I was just reading text and it just went past. Yeah. It mentions vaguely where it's like, oh, the big enemy that patrols that forest, it's eaten all the other wildlife around because it's the top predator, so this forest is basically a plant wildlife preserve or whatever. Yeah. Not that the plants aren't monsters as well. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> because RPGs. Yeah. But so, it, and very previously in like the first era of the game, it, te- it very also vaguely teaches you that like on the map you can drop food to lure enemies into, into different positions. Oh, really? Hmm. So you can basically avoid some of the big boss monsters on the map by luring them out of the way and then you just get where you need to go or whatever. Ah, okay. So, it, it it had technically taught you those two things before. 
so I remembered about the food thing and I was like, okay, so maybe this thing patrolling the forest, I just need to chuck food at it so it mm. won't chase me. So I tried like every different kind of food I could find, like fish and plants and meat and <laughs> just throwing it at it. And it didn't care. It just didn't give a shit. And I was like, well, that's weird. What the fuck am I meant to do? So, but then, so what it actually wants you to do, which is the bit that it didn't really explain and which is why I was hella confused, is nearby there's a there's another one of these large boss monsters, which is just like a giant sheep, essentially. Right. And because this other thing is a predator, yeah, you have to lure turn. the giant sheep using another type of food, lure the sheep into the range of the other thing, and then they go and eat each other. Right. And it's like that you you technically did explain that, except not well enough for me to realise that, that was what I had to do. <laughs> yeah, I can see a, it's kind of cool that they put a puzzle like that in there. Like playing with its own mechanics to a certain degree, yeah. And, but yeah, I, I can get why that that's like that's almost like it's like codec on the back of the box. Yeah, it's like in two yeah. steps of, yeah. of combining three different systems on top of each other. It's a little, little t- perhaps a little too removed. And then so- perhaps that's something they should have saved for a secret. Well, yeah, maybe, or just been slightly more obvious in the explanation of how that like that was what then, you had to do. Maybe rather even than even just saying that, that predator it. had eaten everything in the vicinity. I guess maybe doesn't the, necessarily to be the idea. I guess maybe they're hoping that, that like the, sh- the sheep seem like prey. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But they're giant. They're also giant death monsters. <laughs> like they're not. They're not docile or anything. They'll still totally kill you if you <laughs> let them fight you. So then, did they end up freeing up two areas then? Like, no, I mean the sheep. Sheep was just about. Yeah, the sheep was just roaming. But then, um, similarly to that, there's this other mechanic where enemies have drop drops. Obviously, materials that you sell and then use to craft new armor and equipment and all that stuff. But certain enemies have special drops that only happen under certain conditions. And the game hadn't explained this to me until I'd already got some, and I didn't know that this was the case until I went back and looked at it and all this stuff. And it records the drops in a different color in their diary entry or whatever. Okay. So it's like, this is the special drop of this creature. Uh, so there was a bit of text where I was talking to someone again, and this is a, the same situation where it's just like it was a random talk to a person somewhere, and they said an important thing that you should probably pay attention to, but it didn't really seem important. Mm. And then they were talking about like, oh, you get this special bud if you defeat this plant before it blooms, and it's like that's sort of the t- teaching you about the special drops to some extent. Mm. But the first problem with that is I, the type of plant monster that comes off, it blooms as soon as you hit it. So as far as I can tell, the only way you could possibly get that drop is to kill it in one hit. Right. And literally none of my attacks can possibly kill it in one hit. So how would I have ever got that drop to know that, that was a thing? Yeah. <laughs> Unless you can status it into not blooming? Like, like, do you have, like, freeze or a, I don't, a sleeple? I, or? I think everything that you hit it with would still cause it to bloom immediately because hmm. it, it, it just reacts to damage. And I don't think there's any status attacks I can do that aren't also linked to damage. You'd have to try it. Like, does it bloom if it's asleep? Or... But then, so like related to that, one of the uh, one of the special drops that I did already have, it came off an enemy where you have to defeat it while it's what? Well, it's a weird status effect that they call them binds while its arms are bound. Right. You have to defeat this one specific enemy, and I'd already got that drop. But I'd only got it coincidentally because one of my people was wielding a weapon that caused arm binding. Yeah, right. So I wouldn't have even known that you, that was what was doing it unless I'd like basically gone to a wiki and looked it up and been like, well, "How do I get this?" Because yeah. I wouldn't have guessed. 
And because, you know, I was kind of hoping the item description might give you a hint, mm. but it doesn't really. It's like, it, this claw was removed cleanly, and it's like, what, what does that mean? <laughs> I guess you bind their, bind their arms so you can't move, so you can cut the claw off easier. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I guess that sort of nearly makes sense almost. Yeah. yeah. But then, then, then you come to the situation where it's like, you can see that this enemy has a special drop, so I guess I just have to hit every enemy with every status effect until I kill them, and then it drops. <laughs> and then recognise what I did. Yeah. Mm, that's kind of awkward. But, you know, maybe those drops are just for special equipment. Oh, so you don't actually know what they're for yet. It's yeah. not like they're... Well, I mean, they are for equipment, but maybe that's not, like, quite vital. essential. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I can still get away without having to experiment too much. Yeah, fair Maybe you just ignore it. Yeah. But, you know... Ex- experiment when you can, but, like, just don't go out of your way. It's the same problem that a lot of... RPGs have always had where it's just like there's some ridiculously hidden just slightly thing. too obtuse yeah well like yeah a lot of the secrets in 7 and 8 and 9 you know those, that, that era of RPGs was filled with that, that, that yeah stuff. but those were more like actual secrets not just like yeah they were, they were mechanics they were that were subtly way. involved in the regular progression but like slight, you could slightly improve on it or whatever Whereas, like, the drops are just a normal thing, but then there's this very slight, subtle variation that requires you to recognise this specific mechanism. (laughs) Be like, well, I get, you know, maybe that's equivalent to, like, I know, material growth in Final Fantasy VII, where you're, like, optimising for triple growth or whatever. (laughs) I don't know. No, I thought that's kind of, like, explicit, though, that that's what you're doing. Well, yeah, I mean, it does say on your weapon what the growth rate is. It just feels like there's... You I want to say FF8 had some stuff like that, but I can't really remember. What, I mean, I guess a lot of it was, was was somewhat obvious, but like some of it was like, oh, do stuff on a world map that you wouldn't normally think you could do on a world map. Oh, uh, well, yeah. I mean, that's similar, I guess. Hey, there's something you can interact with here. It's like, wait, but you don't normally interact on the world map. You just sort of go places. Yeah, you never think to push the button. Yeah. Because you're not, that's not something you think you can do. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I guess that is sort of similar. It's just that you know, it's a classic problem, but to some extent, what what is you just look it up once, and then when you realise that what the mechanic is, yeah, then you can like, oh, you, you can, can do know that. that that's uh, how you yeah. So then you discover more stuff as a result. And, yeah, yeah. You don't have to explicitly look up every one of those drops to find out what the mechanism is. Yeah. Just as long as you know that there is a mechanism, <laughs> which yeah. I guess technically the game does tutorial you. It just doesn't really explain itself very well with that specific monster that doesn't seem to be possible to get the special drop off at the point it tells you about. So yeah, is that cool? How far do you reckon you're for it? I'm not really sure, but no idea. Probably about halfway, I would suspect. Wow, okay, big game then. Not really. It just takes a long while. There's quite some amount of grinding. Also, I, you know, I spent a lot of time grinding a second team just so I could have all of the classes leveled up, just so I could see what the classes were like. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. And I haven't even unlocked. There's still three classes to unlock, so I'll have to grade up like a C team at some point as well. This is a little bit like you and Final Fantasy yep. Tactics jobs, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. You have to have all the options. <laughs> okay. Just, just to be able to see what they are. There's a lot of them. And then you find the ones that are actually useful, and then you discard all the rest. <laughs> so there. That's that. That's pretty much everything. Dan, you played some Shadow Mordor. 
I know because I saw it on your Steam. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I did, but not very much. <laughs> <laughs> but I played a little bit. Yeah, I'm testing games out to try and find a game that I actually want to play. Um, <laughs> uh, not having that much luck. I mean, I'm kind of drawn into this a bit, like, um, but the combat is literally the same as Batman. I was like, I know this. But, I, but then I like Batman combat. That's cool. So, yeah. But I need to learn <laughs> do like to do it a, do like well even more again. Do I want even more? Well, I haven't played Batman for a long time, but I'm not yeah, sure this is as good as the Batman combat yet, but of course it will have to start upgrading. Yeah, yeah. Def- it stuff. definitely expands. Yeah, the Mordor one, from what I know, does expand quite in you know, quite a lot. A lot. lot more mystical stuff, you know, abilities. And exactly. So I've got to give it. that a chance. And like the setting is sort of interesting, even from a Lord of the Rings nerd standpoint, it sort of makes sense as a kind of gap in gap in the law where you could have a nice that the, put a story in and have mm. it sort of matter or have good characters or stuff. Do you know when it's set? So it's set in between No, I've got no idea. So I believe it's set in between The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. And it's set so the idea is that um while the armies are massing and... Well, yeah, kind of. I mean basically the Black Gate of Mordor, um, which you see in the Two Towers movie um, mm. You know, they're heading there and, and the, it opens and they're considering going through, but they're like, no, we're going to get caught. We better go somewhere a different way. <laughs> we need the back route. Mm. Yeah, we need to find the back route. Um, so that gate was kind of built actually by, or, or at least upgraded by Gondor. So after they fought and defeated Sauron, right, in the prologue of the movie, which happens mm. thousand years before the events of the, of the film. Um, then they sort of built that as fortification to sort of, so that was manned by men, right? And to, to right. watch over Mordor, right? Okay. So, but then by the time of Lord of the Rings, obviously it's manned by orcs who are defending their armies before they spill forth and take over the world, right? Yeah. So at this point, so your character in this is in between, at the time of the Hobbit, I think, in the, According to this game, Gondor is still in control of the wall, and they're manning okay. it and watching Mordor, right? But and your your character is one of the guards, basically, or the rangers who are, I think he's Gondorian, anyway, who are looking over Mordor and stuff. And things are getting bad because Sauron is sort of rising and coming back gradually, so he's rebuilding his Baradur, and then the orcs are multiplying, etc as Gandalf says in the film. And at this point, like there's like three mystical dudes who are like hardcore servants of Sauron and they, they uh, muck up your hero. Well, they kill him and they kill his wife and child, but he gets, they're they're doing some black magic. So he turns into a wraith, which has a president, right? The wraith, but he also seems to have been mixed with something goes wrong. They're trying to summon a, a powerful elf who's already dead, I think. Um, yeah, who's a wraith. And they kind of get spliced. So they end up... It, so you end up kind of combined with this elf. And I think this elf is actually meant to be um, the guy who helped Sauron cast the rings in the first place. So he was the smith um, that from Eriador, or wherever it is, the, the place that's near... More uh, Moria. Right. Anyway, yep, I'm sort of sort of with you. Sort of remembering places. 
Yeah, I mean that that that's not Eriador is like uh, it was an Elven kingdom, which is totally gone by the time of the Lord of the Rings. The only time you see that area in the film is in the first film when those birds come and swish around. You know, spies of Sauron. Do you remember that bit? Right. Yes. They're, they're yeah, like, they hide oh. behind some rocks. Yeah. So and <laughs> yeah. then and then they go up and they can't get over the mountain, so they go to the door into Moria, and that door. Despite Moria being dwarven, Moria. that door that door is clearly elf, elven, isn't it? So this is kind of the yeah. interface between the two cultures. So well, yeah, because the dwarves live under, yeah. underground. Yeah, because <laughs> the dwarves live underground. Yeah, but you'd think they'd build their own door. But anyway, um, <laughs> um, it depends, where, it depends which side, like which side. At least. Yeah. yeah. So that was like the elf side. So basically, there was an ancient civilization of elves there, and the dwarves, and they got on really well and traded a lot. And the elves had like the master craftsman who made the rings for with Sauron, because at the time Sauron was like turning up Just as a, like a a nice looking dude who was really charming or something. Anyway, anyway, there you go. I think that's where it fits in the story. So it kind of makes sense. Okay. And it's also at a time when Mordor is less fucked. Uh, you know, it's turning bad, really bad. It's right, always been yeah. pretty bad, but it's turning. It's got some green still in it in places, I think, at the time. So it's quite a nice setting. And of course, um, at this point, Gollum has lost the ring because Bilbo's got it. Uh, so he's kind of looking for it. Hmm. Um and he obviously Gollum is even in the game. Yeah, because I mean, I guess he knows Mordor because he knows the world in general. Because because yeah. in in the Lord of the Rings films, he's or or the books, he's leading them into Mordor, right? So he knows sort the way. Of, yeah. So he's obviously been all around and been there before and stuff. Look, guess looking for the ring. Um. Anyway. Um. So this. So he is in this, and he's obviously got. I've only seen a couple of cutscenes, but he's rendered like in the films, and whoever's doing the voice does a decent. Andy Circus or whatever. Mm. Anyway, that's cool. Anyway, the actual game, blah. It's clearly so. It's brazenly shameless in being Batman combat and like Assassin's Creed running and climbing. Um, right. Which is fine, you know. You know. I mean, it's it's slick. Two things together to yeah. make something else. Yeah. Exactly, and it's not like it hasn't got its own ideas because it's got the whole. Um, you know, a captain system of the enemies where they where they up you know yeah, have rivalries couldn't and stuff. remember the name of is it the rival system like it I had, can't had a fancy what it's name called. didn't it yeah it's got a name in it and it, it seems fairly slick but it's just not it's just not got like it feels derivative you know it doesn't feel like fully right. its own thing in every single way it feels like lord of the rings as a setting is like borrowed as like it's everything is something amazing that's borrowed you know the setting yeah. is something amazing that's borrowed and the the mechanics are something amazing that's borrowed and it's kind so of you, mashed so are you feeling like even though it feels like it's coming together that somehow that it's it's never going to have the wow well it feels like it doesn't it's have its like, own soul yet yeah you know? uh but but maybe that will come out um and also the world is just Mordor, even even at this point, it's just not like, it's not like running around, you know, 14th century Italy or whatever it is in Assassin's mm. Creed. Like, it's just a bit grim and, yeah, you know, it's a bit of a grim place to, to go and spend all your time or whatever. It's not like a beautiful overworld and then you go into a dungeon and fight monsters. It's like, no, you're basically in a, a gigantic dungeon at all times. But I guess that's what Dark Souls is like or whatever. Probably, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's a bit unremittingly kind of bleak um, mm. in that respect. But, I mean, uh, there's a lot of fun in it, I think, I'm sure. 
but I mean, it's like it's it's also it's a weird setting because like a game's writing is never going to be as good as like the the source material, you know. Is it sure. that, I mean, yeah. For example, so it's like you probably have higher expectations of it than needed, you know, because they've chosen to have that setting. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, bad enough. I don't but... kinda... Yeah. So I I don't know. Basically the same thing that you might say about Batman to some extent, where it's like the kind game of, but... wasn't expected to be any good as a Batman thing. But then yeah. Arkham Asylum pulled that off. Well yeah, exactly. You but, but the thing about superheroes and yeah. Batman is that like they've had tons of writers writing Batman stories over the years of massively varying degrees of quality. Like there's so many Batman stories. Mm. Um, do you know what I mean? And it's the same with all of the comic books. It's like, if you go and buy, you can go right now to a shop and buy the latest issue of Batman or DC comics or whatever. And it, that's been going since like 1942 or whatever it was mm. or earlier than that. And it's like, it's not all great. Whereas something like Lord of the Rings, it's like, well, it's just one guy's vision really. Yeah, the original stuff. Anyway. It's easier to do a written with Batman or or superheroes in general. You can do your version of it, you know, and and everyone does their version of it. Like Nolan did his version, <laughs> but that tends you know. to make things worse, though. I don't know. You try try and create your own spin, and then oh, as long most as, it, of the as long time as you never say it's canon. <laughs> well, that's the thing is that with the comics, isn't it? Is that everything is a different take by a different author, and yet yeah. everything is mysteriously massage to make everything canon in a sp- yeah. to the point where your backstory is just ridiculously stupid and convoluted and no one really cares 100 years longer than it actually could everyone knows what the backstory of batman is that matters parents murders yeah. made angry <laughs> oh he's really rich be bat yeah happens anyway. to be very smart as well the detective bit tends to get glossed over like yeah, days. that was something in the games that was brought back quite nicely, the detective yeah. stuff. Yeah, anyway. anyway, yeah. But hopefully that VR game will bring up as well. <laughs> Maybe. So yeah, not sure. I find myself wanting to find a you know a really good game to play, but I'm just not really sure. I, I like the look of Forza Horizon 3, actually, but I don't know if my PC is going to be... I think I'm going to have to upgrade next year and be ready for things like that. So um, what are you running right now? Well, the, my problem like just, is just, just what's the curve? Is it? Um... I've got a nine seventy right now, but the problem is I've oh, got a, right yeah. I've got a fourteen forty p monitor, and um, I want to run things at sixty or whatever, so it's not mm. ideal. I think yeah, you I think might you that... might struggle, but like the, 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 yeah, my six seventy wasn't enough to run Forza six Apex. I think um, a nine seventy well... doesn't quite do ten eighty p sixty on. On, on Forza Horizon 3. So, and I'd want a high res. So, yeah, I was about to say, base it on Apex. Like, if you can, that might be a good test for you. If you're running Windows 10, download Apex and see how that goes. Well, I don't know. They're and probably then... not that similar because one's an ma- open world game with lots of foliage and stuff, and one's like tracks because it's a normal Forza <laughs> game. It's, it's hard to know because they both run on the same physics engines. Like, whether or not the engine for gra- managing the graphics is identical is, 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 is weird. I mean, it is. Tr- get, the console version was always designed to run at 30. And heads up, Forza 3, Horizon 3 looks a lot like Forza Horizon 2. Well, I thought like, that the console version the same of game. Forza Normal Motorsport was meant to run at 60 on a It console. does. Normal yeah. Motorsport does run at 60. Yeah. But Whereas Horizon, Horizon games runs have 30. always hit 30. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you're looking at kind of half the... So is Apex is built out of normal Forza. Uh, so Apex ex- is built out of Forza 6, yeah. Yeah, so you'd expect that to be 60, whereas Horizon you'd expect to be 30, right? 
I'm not sure that if that holds true on console, but yeah, who knows? Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, on PC. Sorry, obviously yeah, it's true exactly. on console, but yeah, I don't know. But if it's been. It's probably going to be harder. Anyway, anyway well, it depends that... how well they implement like the quality sliders, right? Because Forza Six Apex has quality sliders and stuff like that. Yeah. Things you wouldn't normally expect from a console game. So, yeah, that's true. Anyway, it's that. I really want to play Zelda. I hope that comes out. I guess that's it. Might be a year, demo because they've put a Forza Three demo out on console. And then um, what else? But it is the same game. If you played Horizon Two, you're from what I I've haven't seen, played a single Horizon game, and apparently it's you know it's getting really really good reviews oh, and stuff. Oh, in which case, go in. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't played any of them, go in. But yeah, but yeah. I'm a bit reluctant because it's like, well, I played two, and it's like, I well, it people are saying good. that just the world is just better. more interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I definitely get that. There's a lot, there's a lot of hype around it, but it, yeah, from what I've seen, it's the same game. So I want to play that, and um, kind of still excited for Civ Six for some reason. I think their marketing strategy is genius um, of putting out little videos for introducing every single civilization. I went and looked at it, and then on a I looked at the price, and then said, "Fuck that." <laughs> Why? What's the price? <laughs> it's like very full price. <laughs> Like, I know that's a bit of a like, weird thing to say at this point, but it's just like, what even is full price? What, like, what, like 50 quid? Are yeah. we talking console price? We're talking very full price. Things are going that way, though, in PC. Like. Well, yes. Yeah. But it still seems a bit much for Civ to some, mm. for some reason. It's just like, really, honestly, what is Civ? It's just like the same game it's always been for the last two or three iterations. I'm, I'm kind of with you. I feel a bit... I get, like for some reason, PC holds a bit of a price gap for me. Like, well, we, even now, I don't really like the idea of playing fifty quid for a brand new game. Like that, that doesn't, that still no. feels feels too high to me. And it's like you know, Titanfall two, and then we have all these worries seems about to be fifty content. pounds. Yeah, and then content worries, and it's like yeah, fifty pound in for a AAA game like that you may have concerns about is yeah, I don't know. And you know, there's. Although Civ Six, if you're going to get in and you're going to get in hard, you're going to get that. You're going to get that money back, like in terms of like. Well, the yeah. thing about the pound per hour ratio yeah. is insane. Yeah. Yeah. Then the pound per hour becomes the problem. We are just like using this weird metric yeah, that doesn't really apply to every time of game. It, it, no, don't get me wrong; it's a bad metric. But, <laughs> it's, but the thing about Civ Six is you might not think that you have content worries for Civ Six because it's just fucking Civ, and you know how those games go. But then yeah. you also know that in the past two or three versions of Civ. Expansions have come out where it's like this should have been in the game from the start. God damn it! Well, at least the features that are in the expansions from the last game are going to be in the core game from the start this time. Maybe. Well, that's what they. No, they didn't. I thought they what they said. Well, they said that like oh, it's been or whatever, and it's like well, sure, but does that mean it's as good? (laughs) (laughs) Does it mean it's a decent system? Yeah. Surely it'd be even better if it's like designed in from the start rather than tacked on. Maybe. maybe, maybe. There's some of that, but yeah, uh, is it like in terms of your involvement? Is it? Yeah, does it matter? Yeah. yeah, does it matter? That is always a very key point. Yeah. yeah. I think it looks promising. And I like I the mean, art style. I, I have no doubt that it will be a good game. And I yeah, like I, the I idea actually, of I actually don't from, think that's in question here. It's, yeah. I like the idea of cities like spanning lots of tiles and stuff. I think that looks really mm. cool and is like much more kind of visceral or I don't know. Like it makes a sense after they, real, I guess. Well, because yeah. they split out the, um, you know, the units onto individual tiles rather than stacking those. So I think mm. it makes sense to have the city spread in a kind of more realistic way. And and you wow. know you can look and you can see the, you know, the wonders on their own tiles and stuff, and it's kind of cool. 
Probably makes probably makes city attacks way more involved now. It's yeah, still a problem of like the ridiculous scale of Civ in general. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the scaling in Civ has always been mental, but you know, it is yeah. But are they going to make the world? Though. Are they going to make the world bigger to compensate for the cities being able to sprawl? Like, yeah, I don't know. But then, yeah, the city attack will, is the other thing that will be like, how does that exactly work? Mm. Like, does do they have the artillery system from the last one still? Or... And is it still like one or two tiles when you're at range? Mm. <laughs> does that still count as range? And then you have to have then that limits your formation where it's like you have to have melee unit and then range unit directly behind because the range unit can only shoot over that one tile of melee unit. And then mm. <laughs> it's that whole problem of like the one unit per tile thing was a good idea, but it does kind of limit your options in several ways. And then attacking the city became even more limiting because you're like. You can only put eight units around. Eight, uh, yeah, eight, right? Eight, yeah. You can only put eight units around a city. Six. six, six in the new system. Oh yeah, six because it's yeah, because they're hexes. Things. Yeah. So there's like there's only six squares you can melee attack from, and then there's only six squares you can range. Well, more than six, I suppose. <laughs> there's only a certain number of squares you can range attack from, and then you have to if there's any water in the way, and it creates all these choke points, and you know it. It's a system that's kind of self-limiting in some ways. Mm. Some ways that are good and some ways that are not so good. <laughs> but then, have they done anything with that even? It's like, is combat getting any significant changes really? Well, I've just seen there's a combat video just gone up, so I'll watch that. It's like an hour-long mm. video on, on, on wow. combat and city yeah. growth. Yeah, they're putting yeah. out lots of videos. It's pretty cool. It'll be interesting to see. Well, assuming I assuming I can see at some point, but it'll be interesting to see what maybe whatever mechanics came over from beyond Earth. Right. Yeah. What oh. what ideas they pulled back from that weird from like the experimental sim? Yeah, if they even just look at it at all, you know. I mean, yeah, some of those mechanics could translate back into normal historical sim. <laughs> If you do find yourself still stuck for ideas, play Overwatch. <laughs> I really, for some reason, I'm really hyped about Zelda. I don't know what happened. No, they haven't released anything new. I think I saw you? one video oh, this just... week, which was like the cooking trailer or something. And they showed the <laughs> cooking, and it's like, this looks right. freaking great. I'm more or less only hyped about Zelda because the more real the NX becomes as a potentially handheld console yeah. I could actually own. How Ooh, great yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting idea. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, it's exciting. Still yep. ages away. Though. Well, yeah, that's yeah. the problem. And, well, didn't he still haven't talked about the NX? Like, we're through September where everyone thought they, they were still haven't out. really talked about, like, all these rumours that with stuff that we theoretically already know about the yeah. NX. Still not as far away as the game I really want to play, though. Red Dead 2, <laughs> obviously. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, no, they might, you might just surprise it out there. Who knows? Mm. Red Dead 2, there you go. Probably not. You know how they like to market their games with lots of trailers and stuff. Uh, or even right. screenshots, in, if they really want to tease. They're they seem to be the only company that do that. Yeah. Yeah. First look. Oh, my God, I'm hungry. Yep, I could tell. Right, I don't I, know how long we've <laughs> gone, but I think, I think it's over. I think yeah. it is over. Uh, I can't actually see. <laughs> Rob's so hungry, you can't even read no, the computer monitor. My, my eyes, my eyes. I'm, I'm sugar, sugar deprived. You are sugar. <laughs> I, I am sugar. 
do 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 thanks for joining us listeners um check out the um youtube channel for a video of um the high rise thing <laughs> well at called. some point yeah it's uh, in the queue it's next on my list oh, okay and uh we'll catch you next time for another sidecast bye